What's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome to the latest episode of the Never Been Done Podcast, episode number 52. How is it going, gentlemen? It's going. Going solid. It's fantastic. That was pretty good. Cool. Good enough. I feel like he meant it a quarter of the way. He didn't mean it, any of it. 10%. <laughs> oh, that part was funny. The only thing he means right now is that uh, he means to not be here. And that's not totally true. He's like, man, you know where I really wish I was? Buying a sweet duster for some cosplay. But I don't do cosplay. I think you're going to start. I have a feeling. That's not true. That's my 2020 just, prediction. Just stick with the Screamo band that you're going to start, and that can be like your, your costume. Can't be the same thing. Called the Dusters. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we probably have a more sad name than that, but... Yeah, Dusters isn't sad enough. Yeah, if you're going to be Screamo, it's got to be... Dust in the Wind. That sounds that's sad. A, that's a song, isn't but it? But that sounds sad, though. Um, I don't necessarily know if it sounds sad or not. But we could sing a cover of that song, that'd be fine, right? What about, like... Dust in the Wind. Zero Heart. I don't know if anybody has that, but that's pretty good. Zero heart. Nice. There you go. I'm sure that's taken. That's not sure. bad. Probably. I'm sure that's taken it's for probably, sure. Probably true. Yeah, it's probably taken. Not bad. It's not. Yeah, you never know. Let's you, find you, out. Google it could it. be that in Spanish. <laughs> Cero, how do you say heart? I don't know. Harto. Heart, harto. Heart. <laughs> that's what I was, that's what I was yeah, You're on Google. Look it up. <laughs> I'm looking it up. Harto. It's so silly. Uh, weirdly, there's no band called Zero Heart. See? Oh, I damn. come up with good shit all the time that's yeah. never taken. We need to edit that out Tra- in case somebody wants it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have some time to be able to get on and get that done. By next week, it'll be copyrighted, so no one has to worry anyway. It's fine. Silly nonsense. Corazon, dude. It's, it's heart in Spanish. Cero Corazon. Would it be, would it be Corazon? Corazon Cero. All right, it's backwards. Is it always backwards, though? I don't think so. Not always, but... Which way sounds cooler? Say it again, Tyler. It's Corazon Cero. Is... How it would be said? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if I like that either, but I'm sure it looking on a t-shirt. Lots of letters. We could just blend the two words together, and it could be Cero Zone. It's so silly. It's good, though. We're talking about emo bands. That's right. Good times. Yeah. Zero zone. Nice. Perfect. Good job. Yes. Zero heart. This song's called My Comic Book Store. My Comic Book Store. I'm glad you think it's funny. That's good. No, what? But what else do you love? In general? What's what's your cat's name? Mittens? No, but my kind of... Gloves? You're Socks. Trying, it's like you're trying to say every word that's not right. Boots. Ah, hey, there you go. This song's called Boots. <laughs> I would sing a song about my cat. I mean, I, sure. Yeah. I'm just trying to think of things that you love. Not to get too off course, but... Have <laughs> e- like that's not it. Okay. Have, have either of you watched all the It's Always Sunnies of this season yet? No. No, I'm only up to the zoo episode. Have you seen the episode about Poppins? No. Mm. 
Like Mary Poppins? Or I've only like, seen that the, at the zoo Like episode. Max Dog Poppins? That's no. like a trash dog that lives on the street most of the time? <laughs> no. So it turns out Poppins is female and gets pregnant. <laughs> okay. It's just a really funny episode. Thanks for ruining it for me, man. It doesn't ruin like it for you. I like going fresh. Whatever. She'll watch it by now. That's yeah, pretty cool. It's hilarious. I though. don't have a sweet nine to five bank job like you do, bro. Whatever, dude. Fucking working them bankers hours like a champ, uh. strutting around in your suit, fat cat living. I don't know what else to say. I don't know like what another what's another term for somebody like like Monopoly man. What's that guy called? I don't think he has a name. I think he's the Monopoly man. Yeah, pretty sure about that. Cruising in your fancy... You call him Monocle. He has a monocle, right? He doesn't have a monocle, it's actually. the universe you're from. Is that a... That's a... Mandela, a Mandela effect. effect thing? Supposed to Did be, you see yes. someone made a documentary about that? There's a this, bunch of stuff about it, yeah. No, there's a new one. Yeah. Oh, really? Like, just came out. I just saw it on the torrent website I downloaded shit from. Oh, sweet. Oh, so. hey, now, is that the movie or is that a documentary? Because there's some movie, I don't know. Too. Maybe it's a movie, then. Yeah, I saw it's a trailer new. for the movie. Not a fan. Oh. But, yeah... I just saw it and I assumed it was a documentary, but if it, was, if it was on a site, like, oh, maybe it might be. I there could be both, pretty easy. I'll get it and we'll watch it. Okay. Together and hold hands. Uh, yeah. And see, so he doesn't have a monocle. And no, he does not. I swear to God, he does. I know, right? It's just because Monopoly and Monocle are spelled like the same way, the first four letters. <laughs> maybe it's that. <laughs> Monocle man, Monopoly man, it's the same thing. Uh, you drive around in your fancy black car, like all sporty and fancy. Your car is fancier than mine, bro. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? We have the same exact car, except different Except colors. you have a sunroof, you have navigation. Um, we all have navigation. It's called a cell phone. Your keys only have to be in your pocket for you to open your door. I have to unlock my doors. Uh, you have less miles on yours, though. I won't soon. You keep saying that, but I feel like that it's nothing's changing. I still drive like four to five hundred a week, so <laughs> I'll catch up pretty quick. Don't worry. That sounds terrible. Nine to five bankers hours, man. CBS has a van. It's true. Down bother. Sometimes. Did you guys ever listen to like I think played it for Tyler and did you watch it, the Chris Farley song? The Adam Sandler Chris Farley song? Oh yeah. I legitimately cried when I listened to it. It's, it's a cool song, considering it's for his friend. Legitimately cried. It was like, huh. it's that good. So if you haven't listened to it, take, take a listen. This Adam Sandler, Chris Farley song. Yeah. It's a tribute for, for Farley. They were doing, I was listening to a, um, I was watching Hot One, the Holiday Hot Ones today came out, like the holiday year end thing. And who was the guy from the interviewer guy? Sean Evans. Yeah, they're like one of the questions, the email questions, like who would you most want to interview and why? And it's Chris Farley was the guy. Was like, and I, I thought about how That's amazing cool. an episode oh. of Hot Ones would be. Oh with yeah, Chris that'd Farley. be that'd probably be the best one ever made. It'd be so good, I think. Oh, dude, it's hilarious. Such a sad thing. Yeah. And one of his biggest heroes is uh, John Candy, who we'll be talking quite a bit about tonight because we are doing John Hughes on episode fifty-two. But before we do that, <laughs> what's in the news, Tyler? I'll tell you what's in the fucking news. First thing. What's the, what's the thing that they do? Like, drum roll, please. And like they're like, 
joy to the world. And the old man's like. <laughs> That's not. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. At uh, all. From Christmas vacation, they're like drum roll, please, and like oh, they man. all can't do the tongue, yeah, so the yeah. old man's like, <laughs> "What's news?" Well, first thing is both Shazam Two and the Sesame Street live action get 2022 release dates. Ah, huh. Sesame Street live action. What is that going to be no like? No idea. That sounds crazy. Who's going to play Big Bird? Since he died. I mean, well, hey, are you saying that they're not going to be the how about puppets? how about Caitlin Olsen from It's Always Sunny? Because <laughs> she's a fucking bird, goddamn bird. She can be Big Bird, goddamn bird. That would be pretty funny. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what that means. Yeah, me either. Because technically it is live action, I guess. And they have already done a movie before, so it's not like it's a new thing, because they did catch that bird, remember? Are they just going to make, like, super... Oh, yeah, where Big Bird gets fucking kidnapped? Huh? I watched it the other day. I remember that. That's an old one. I'll say that's the first I've heard of that. Dude, classic. I used to watch it when I was, like, fucking five. And he gets painted blue at one point and puts him on a swing and he makes some some songs. He gets painted blue so that they can try to help him escape, right? No, no, he's blue like the people who like... Oh, for a carnival or some shit. Yeah. And like the the Count has a car, Oscar the Grouch has a car. Um, What's the chick that's like, she's a... Anyway, one of the one there's several people from Sesame Street who all have cars and they all like have the actors different routes to go find Big Bird. Huh. And where did you watch this? On Stars or HBO or I wonder Wonders. if I can find a download of that. That'd, oh, for sure. It's it, that'd make my sister freak the fuck out because we. It's actually it really good. <laughs> it's actually really good. Huh. Like funny good. Like Oscar the Grouch like has his own car and he's like this <laughs> super junker. <laughs> And the people are like, come on, Oscar. And they, they go into this like roadside diner, and there's a bunch of other grouches, like quote-unquote grouches, that work there. Huh. He's like, oh, this is, the, this is the best diner I've ever been to. And it's like a bunch of other grouches that work there. That's it's funny. like so ridiculous. I'll be damned. I had no idea. That's, that's crazy. Huh. All right. Catch that bird. You've ne- you Seriously, you've never seen no, that? man. What year is that? Give me a second. I'm IMDb-ing it. Hey, do you think it's going to be like that Saturday Night Live thing with uh, Harbour um, playing Oscar the Rouch? Like Joker remake, like short? you have any idea what I'm talking about? I Your don't. Your eyes tell me you don't. I don't. Oh my god, you have to see this. Okay. It is amazing. Um, I'm having a hard time finding it. Can't find it, huh? Yeah. I'm going to find it. Just You guys just talk for a second. Oh, it, was, right. it was definitely like made for TV. Pretty sure. Oh, the movie? It didn't come out in theaters. Yeah. It was pretty, pretty low-key shit. Yeah, Catch That Bird, 1985. 85. It's got a 92 on Rotten Tomato. That's how good it is. It's wow. good, man. I remember liking it a lot. It's impressive. I guess five-year-old me liking it doesn't really mean shit now, but I feel like <laughs> the nostalgia part of it, I would still like it. Follow That Bird. That's, That's weird. Follow that bird. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I was way off. Follow's not definitely not the word catch. I mean, it's the same idea. But that is hilarious. That's a thing at all. But John Candy's in it. Chevy Chase is in it. You know what it's uh, like? 
It's like in Toy Story when they go find Buzz. Oh, okay. It's like the same idea, but so the Big Bird, <laughs> like the one lady Maria who was in like all of Sesame oh, yeah. Street. Yeah, she, like she has that. a car. Like the old man, like the old guy has the car. Mm. Like Oscar the Grouch has a car. The, the Count has a car. And that's cool. It makes sense. And they're sense. all like trying to converge, like different, taking different routes to find him. Huh. And there's some weird bird lady. She's literally a bird, but a bird lady trying to find him to take him to some bird sanctuary. And so the, <laughs> he's try, he's trying to run away from her, and and like the whole point of the movie is nobody believes in that Snuffleupagus is is real, and like okay. Snuffleupagus is his best friend. So then yeah. like so he's like gets sad and like leaves. That's the whole point of the premise of the movie. I, but Snuffleupagus is real. It's not just his imaginary friend. Everybody thinks that it's his imaginary friend, but it's not. He's really actually real. He just wanders away when everybody people come around because he's very shy. Okay. Also, to clarify, the bird lady is not the same bird lady in Home Alone 2. <laughs> Different bird lady. Oh, okay. I, I was kind Making of sure that you and the audience also know that. <laughs> so follow that bird. But yeah, remember, uh, like, Roscoe Orman, like, the old man with the mustache? Like, oh, now I see a picture of him, yes. Yeah, like, there's, like, it's, it's the classic. I mean, Sandra Bernhardt's in it. There's so many comedians in it. Obviously, like, Frank Oz, part of Jim Henson and all them. But, uh. That's crazy. Yeah. It's actually very good. Let's see if I can find a digital copy of that. Oh, speaking of digital copies, you should look for the FP. That's the bird lady I speak of. Oh, weird. It's like a big bird with like a fancy hairdo. And she's like got a bird cage. Creepy like, as fuck. Van. It's pretty creepy. And she's trying to like... It's like, a, it's like creepy, like maybe not as creepy, but creepy like Return to Oz was creepy. Blue Big Bird, are they? Oh, weird. Yeah, I've never seen that yep. before. Blue Bird. I would remember the Blue Big Bird. The creepy girl bird I could probably forget just for the sake of fear. But the Blue Big Bird, I, I'd remember that if I saw it before. Crazy. Yeah, that's weird that you haven't seen that. Just like yeah. you say you haven't seen The Night Before, but you've now watched it at least 15 now, times. I've managed to watch it, I think, twice because you watched it the other night. I do like it better now than... Maybe okay. three times. So I need I need you to oh. settle an argument, Tyler, okay? Okay. And this is going to be the settlement because CBS says one thing, I say another one. He says, CBS is quote, quote, unquote, I don't like weed movies. And I said, the night before is not a weed movie. Absolutely not. Seriously? Not a weed movie. Everything happens because of them getting weed from the guy in the car. That's no, the it name. doesn't, though. It happens because his parents die. And that's what starts the movie. Okay. Whatever. There's well, the other part, too, is that Seth Rogen's character is doing coke, shrooms, whatever the fuck else. He goes to church. Mm -hmm. He throws up on the floor. So is it technically a throw? I don't like throw-up movies. Cause there's, only, there's only one puke scene in there, though. You don't get to see it, so you hear it, and it's still gross, but... It doesn't ruin things. I don't think it's really a Miley Cyrus at all. Is it definitely a, is a Miley it's a Cyrus movie? Maybe. I'd say it's no. A subplot. It's a Christmas movie. That's she's, the point. She's in it, so. But it's, it's a Christmas movie. It's a part okay. of the plot that leads them down some terrible roads, but it's not the whole idea of the plot. The whole idea is for them to get to that party. The Nutcracker Ball. Which has nothing to do with weed in the beginning of it. It's the Nutcracker Ball movie. Okay. Whatever. His wife's pregnant. Is it a pregnancy movie? I mean, that's like a piece of it, but they go to get weed no, because so, the one guy needs weed. To but ultimately, happy. the overall, the overall theme of the movie is yeah. Christmas, so it's a Christmas okay. movie. Whatever. I, it, as far as categories, it does land as a Christmas one because it's happening at Christmas regardless. 
Right. Anything else? And Alana Glazer like is the bad hard. guy. Huh? Alana Glazer, the chick, is the bad guy. It's awesome. From Broad City. Is that the actress that plays that part? Yeah. Oh. I didn't realize that's who that was. Speaking of Die Hard, right? Huh? No? All right. There you go. All right. We're barely into the news. I, I don't think... Do we even start the news? Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. what started Sesame Street. Shazam right? 2, ah. Sesame Street. Okay. Well, I should say, and The Flash, all... Maybe it'll be followed by Bird 2. I mean, maybe. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> hey, what'd you say about The Flash? Also 2022 release date. Oh, interesting. Matrix 4 2021 release. That's crazy. And they got the guy... Have you guys watched Mindhunter? Mindhunter. It's a show on Netflix. No. Uh, serial killers. It's kind of a serial killer, like, interview show. It's not, like, real life. It's just a show. But sure. it's based off of the real the dude who, like basically created the um the serial killer um mental like how they like the index yeah kind of yeah yeah, yeah there's yeah. a word i'm looking for but the guy that plays like, the, the main guy is it's gonna be in the based, matrix four it was kind of based off that like but huh. yeah. okay now I, there was a movie called mine hunter that had uh l yeah, cool yeah, yeah. j and that was mine hunters hunters plural that was a yes. good one though it was because it never went to theaters i don't think nope, it didn't and then it came out, and I was like, that was good. I would have seen yeah. that in the theater. That was good. That. But yeah, I didn't get a theatrical release. So J.J. Abrams wants the original Star Wars theatrical cuts to be released. Never going to happen. He wants it, though. He's pushing huh. for it. Right. <laughs> Reason it won't happen is supposedly George Lucas ruined all the negatives when he um, did the special editions. Yeah, I could see him like burning it and pissing on the ashes or something. <laughs> I mean, maybe... I'm, I'm just saying that what supposedly happened and why it hasn't happened yet right. is because of that reason. But Crazy. I had another something about J.J. Hmm. Oh, he, while he was making The Force Awakens, Disney asked him if he wanted to make 8 and 9, and he turned it down at the time. So Disney was like, all right, are going to fire both the guys? I wanted him to do all three of them. Man, that just got released. Probably Supposedly. Probably. Supposedly, but I think it was, I mean, why wouldn't they have just done that from the beginning? They should have. Like, hey, just make all three. Yeah. Like, if they would have made that deal before he was making The Force Awakens already, I feel like he would have just done it. And I wouldn't. It's also, why didn't George Lucas just get other people to direct the, se- the prequels and then let him just, like, be oversee it like he did? Empire and Return, because Empire and Return are obviously way better because he didn't direct them. Yeah. yeah they would have just Empire is what it is because of somebody else. And why wouldn't, if you're going to do an entire trilogy of, like, reboot, kind of, like, new, like, sequel thing, why wouldn't you have one person just oversee all of it so that it would be, the continuity would be there? Yeah. Good point. Yeah, I don't know that's a Kathleen Kennedy kind of question. Well, it's like the whole, like, space horse scene. And, um, Last Jedi. Like, I mean, they could have done so many other scenes. I mean, that's the one part of that movie I don't like. Like the racing horses? Well, they like, go to that gambling oh, yeah. planet and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, like, it's, it's, just, it's just like the podcast scene in uh, Phantom Menace. It's just a waste of time. Yeah. It's just a waste of time to me. They could have done so many other things with that. But 
Anyway, CBS has has heard it on the street that this movie's terrible, so... That's not true. Have you? Are we talking about the new one? Yeah. That's not true. You heard it? You told me that yesterday. No, that's not, I didn't tell you that. I didn't say that. No. You didn't say that? No. That early early rumors that, like, all these people have seen it and then it's terrible? No. That, that, so, that, well, what I was talking about the other day is that I guess the most recent batch of blah 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 is that there was a whole lot of extra stuff cut out and manipulated between the original, like, screenings and the current screenings, and that the current screenings weren't quite as favorable, but, like, the pieces that got cut out are all things that, they, they changed part of the score, they changed part of, like, they cut pieces out that, like, old school fans would like to put in more contemporary things that new fans should like. The funny story is that I've heard that there are no, like, pre-screenings to get people's opinions because J.J. Abrams is so secretive, so that's what's weird to me. Now, as far as the thing, whether it's just people in the industry that watched it or people that were working at the facility watched it, the end-all be-all is that stuff was cut out of it and they cut part of John Williams' score, even, to make room for other music because it's something that somebody didn't like. I've seen nothing about that anywhere. That's what I was told. You don't cut John Williams anything. I agree. I agree. But... That's what we heard. Ultimately, as far as a movie, I don't hear anything we completely complain about it. I mean, not yet. The trailers still look cool. But the trailers for... for Space for horses last, are in it, so maybe that'll come full circle Jedi, and bite me in the ass. Are they really? They're in the they're in the trailer. Oh, I guess they are, huh? I didn't really think much of that when it's I saw like, it. Space horses to the Death Star! I didn't say that. I think that's what John Boyega says. You know, it would make sense if he did, <laughs> considering. Space horses, go! He's like, why do I have to be around these damn horses? <laughs> That'd be hilarious, that was the truth. Oh, John Boyega, why don't you make Attack the Block 2? Because at least that was good. <sighs> oh, well. For the last two Star Wars movies have been really good. Yeah. It depends on the person, I guess. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah, it does. I was kind of thinking it'd be funny if... So there's supposed to be a big plot twist at some point, is what I keep reading. I think it'd be funny if... Kylo got AIDS? No. If Palpatine wasn't actually Palpatine, he was just like a fucking puppet, like the Wizard of Oz fucking controlling everybody. <laughs> just like some dude just like fucking with everybody. Which would be... It just ends like on a comedy note, like, ha! Got all your money, bitches! Just some random stormtrooper just like, I told you guys to go out and pick on me in the shower. <laughs> yeah, or like... God. Uh, I don't know about that. But it's the real emperor's body that he just like puts sticks in and is like... And like, that would be Weekend at Bernie style? Yeah. Awesome. So this is just like a gigantic Weekend at Bernie's in space? On another note, that could make a great South Park episode. If, you <laughs> yeah, know, yeah could definitely a good could. idea right there. Yeah. Weekend and Bernie's with the, just a couple stormtroopers in the Palpatine's body. Yeah. Pay no attention to Mr. Burns under the cloak. Hey, there's a drawing for you. <laughs> Draw that out. Weekend at Bernie style? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Paint it. I, I don't paint things, but okay. But that would be something worthy of painting. I mean, it, I, I don't really paint. But you can. I mean, yeah, but... Okay. Doesn't necessarily mean. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. That is a funny idea, though. <laughs> Alright, so what else we got? Um, Camilla Cabello is playing Cinderella. 
Who did you? That? Did we already talk about that? We did. Because then I sang Havana, Omana, and CBS like, well, the the other part I knew with that is that Pierce Brosnan is playing the king. Nice in that movie. Except they've already done a reboot of Cinderella, so I didn't even watch it. It was really good. It was one of the better ones. It's above everything but the Jungle Book, actually. That's how good it is. I want to give my boy Aaron Taylor Johnson a shout out who's going to be in Tenet. And he said that Christopher Nolan is pushing cinema's boundaries. I agree. Shout out to him. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> Do we know what that movie's about yet? No. But okay. I think we're getting a trailer this weekend. Seriously? I think so. That's cool. Or okay. next, or they'll hold on to it for Star Wars. Here's basically what they said it's One about. or the other. There's people in it. Nice. That's what they've said. That's ridiculous. That's your hint. There's people oh. in it, and it's about and espionage. It's a, and it's a movie. Okay. Based in somewhere. Go. So I got this pitch. There's people, and they're doing stuff, and it's a movie. That's what you can do when like, you're in history. Here's $700 billion. Like, nailed it. Uh. Yeah, I guess if you're the right person, then that works just fine. There is a Home Alone reboot, which will air on Disney+. Plus. What? I did hear that today. And the kid, I don't know him, but his name is Archie something. I didn't write that piece down, but he's from something. You on on IMDb? I'm not. I am on IMDb, yes. Look up Home Alone. Uh, You just pulled up... You pull it up. You're the news guy. I'm going to pull it up right now. Has anyone else noticed how IMDb changed their app and it keeps tripping me out? And it messes you up because, like, the search is on the bottom. On the bottom instead of the top. (laughs) Yeah. Fucking pissing me off. (laughs) Uh, Terrible. So so while Tyler looks for that, I was listening to some, like, um, sponsorship, like, business seminar things. And they said that, like, you want to get a sponsorship from somebody that you don't normally use because people aren't going to sponsor you if you use them all the time because you're already talking about them all the time. So that's why White Claw probably didn't sponsor us. I think we should go after Torchbearer. There you go. Because it'd be a hot sauce thing. We all, well, I don't know about CBS, but the rest of us all love everything we've had of theirs. They're really cool. They respond to shit on Instagram. They follow me for some reason. I think we should go for a tampon company. None of us use them. <laughs> Everybody needs them. After half the, the population needs them. Man. And that's what, they, that's what they said that's what we need to do. Well, Let's go after something that we don't use. Get on it. Okay, sure. That works too. Okay. I don't care. That's Deal. fine. Deal. So the kid's name is Archie Yates. And the only thing he's been in is Jojo Rabbit, which none of us have seen, right? Wow. So... Yeah, but that's what he looks like. Huh. Okay. He looks chubby, so I'm kind of curious how he's going to get all that shit done by himself. All the booby trapping and whatnot, but we'll see. Weird. Huh. All right. I don't know, though. I don't think you can really... I don't think it's going to be that good. You can't top, you can't top Home Alone 1 That's a once-in-a-lifetime thing, man. I, don't, I think they, they, got, they captured lightning in a bottle. I don't think it can happen again. Well, it's, I was going to say, budget-wise, it'd be hard, too, for a show, but I guess if it's Disney+, Plus, then... Especially in this modern age, when you'd be like, oh, hey, 
You left your kids alone. Okay, well, your parents are going to jail. That's true. That's a good point. Back in the 90s. Social services shows up the next day. Movie over. Right? Oh, yeah. I got another reboot piece of info. Huh. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids director, Joe Johnston, is returning to helm Disney's upcoming, upcoming movie sequel reboot, Shrunk, with Josh Gad starring. So it's a sequel reboot. We talked. About I don't know that. what that means. We talked about that last week. Did we? We mm-hmm. did a little bit. Sequel reboot. It's just it's just a restart to the series. If you never watched the first one, you'll be fine. But since we're using the same still actor, a sequel? because you're using the same actor. So right now, which we something. So initially, back whenever they started doing talk about the Wonder Woman movie back in March. They continue to say in multiple interviews that, oh, it's not a sequel, it's not a sequel, it's not a sequel. What they really meant is that you didn't have to watch Justice League to watch it. And it's its own thing. Because when you see the trailers, it is clearly a sequel. Right. But supposedly it's designed in a way that if you didn't see the first Wonder Woman, you'd still be okay. So they were trying to have it both ways, you know what I mean? Like, it's a sequel, but, oh, it's a sequel, you didn't have to see the first one. And they didn't want to say that. So it can stand by itself, apparently, from what they're saying. This is the same thing. It's a sequel, but it's not a sequel, y'all. So you don't have to go back and watch the other ones. If you never saw them, you'll be fine. Which, I I don't know, whatever. It's just trying to have both both ways with, with the same like setup. So, beings are using the same guy and the same director. It's a sequel because it's a sequel. But if you never saw the first ones... Chances are, when it starts, you won't have to have seen them. Maybe right. in the middle, they'll mention Dad, maybe. It probably really just means we won't get any sweet Rick Moranis in it, which is sad. That would suck. I would be bummed if there's no Moranis. Now, chances are we won't, because the kid's going to be replacing the Dad character. and Which is sad, like I said. But So, Batman movie cast Peter Sarsgaard possibly is Two-Face. Oh, alright. I like, I like Peter Sarsgaard. Yeah. A lot in a lot of stuff, except for Green Lantern. You guys remember him in Green Lantern? I don't. Did he play the poop monster at the end? Yeah. Yeah, he was the giant bug. <laughs> he was the I don't know the Green Lantern names and of people. The yellow, the yellow smoke cloud. But thing? he was the he was like the villain. Sinestro. No. Whatever it's called. Oh, the one. No, uh, what? He got all bubbly-faced and stuff. You talking about... Oh, gosh. It's the dude with the big head. Yes, that one. Was he that character? That was him. Really? Yeah. I'll be damned. I was like, uh, can you come out on the other side and do a, a superhero villain, like, better? Huh. Can he, though? Can he? I mean, I guess we'll see. Really? That's who that is? Yep. I'll be damned. I'm trying to remember the characters. I saw that movie and I was like, man, I love every movie this guy's in. Except for this. (laughs) What a turn. If I was him and I watched that movie before it came out, I'd have been like, I'd have been killing everybody involved. I didn't realize I was him in that movie. Crazy. Huh. All right. I mean, I don't think 2K sounds like a bad match, but. We'll just have to see it. It's yeah. Like they're going crazy with the whole thing, so. Crazy. All right, what else? Um, I'm going to skip some of them. Some of them aren't that important. But 
we're supposed to be getting a Ghostbusters trailer. It's already out, bro. What? Have you seen it yet? No. It's good. I just read that it was coming oh out God. next week. It's so good. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. It's out? Yeah. It is totally out. Maybe they're going to put another one out that has Two movie news cats. sites, and they're all saying that it was coming out next week. They're it's wrong. out. Yeah. <laughs> Watched it two you know, days ago. Maybe they saw it and didn't realize what it was. No, it's for sure. Oh, it is, for sure. The Ghostbusters, oh, yeah. like, it's... 100%. We've seen shots from inside the the, the, the firehouse and shots yeah. of the jackets. And, the Acto-1. Yeah, dude, it's... It's awesome. It basically, the pr- the premise seems to be that Egon, like, at some point moved to the Midwest and um, when he was there, had got married, had, had some kids, and then his kids had, like, kids, and he passed away, and his grandkids stumble upon all the old Ghostbuster, like, stuff, and they there's some sort of portal to hell that opens up where they're at, and... So the kids like are trying. The, so that it seems like they they showed none of the original people, um, but the kid from Stranger Things is in it. Yeah, Finn Wolfhard. Do we need to pause the podcast so we can watch it real quick so you can see it? I mean, we can. I can wait. No, I can we, wait till it, after. It's amazing. Let's do a quick pause and then we'll just like yeah, then we, we can we'll talk five seconds of these talk. people won't even know. Okay. Fine. All right. And pause. It's like the pause noise. I mean, kind of is, yeah. That was. We'll see how that sounds afterwards. So, Tyler, what'd you think of that? I think it looks incredible. Right? Amazing, right? Think- so, on trailer alone, I would tell you this: I would rather be punched in the face seventy-two times by that trailer than watch the female Ghostbusters movie one more time. That's how good it was. <laughs> I can agree with that, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm the sorry, best yeah. part of the female Ghostbusters movie is Chris Hemsworth, so, <laughs> you know, let's be real. Trailer is amazing. It's so good. Yeah, it looks amazing. Yeah. So, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Stoked on it. Heck yeah. I didn't know that they were that far along yet. Well, they made announcements, like, better part of a year ago. Well, yeah, I said it wasn't that it long. It hasn't been that it was long. Just before and summer, wasn't it? Ackroyd was just on Joe Rogan, like... I don't know, two months ago, and he was just like kind of talking about it, but like it wasn't. I he, remember he was saying, "Hopefully we can get this, and hopefully we can do that." Like he was talking as if like they hadn't even started shooting yet. Huh. Well, like the the Paul Rudd announcement happened. God, we talked about it on the podcast. Yeah, I remember yeah. we remember. talked about that. I can't remember. But we just kind of talked about it. Though. I don't yeah. remember talking about the kid from Stranger Things at all. I I told you was, I told you he was in there, but, the, the but yeah, but I don't know if we ever brother t- to the female lead, and now it looks like the two of them are sharing the lead. So. As a thing, like the way the initial write-ups and casting sounded, is that she was the main, the main lead of the movie, and that he was the supporting like brother, and that was the only people we knew were cast. It was Rudd, the two of them, supposedly the original three that are left, and then they the mom character, which I didn't know who she was either. But well, Dan Aykroyd for sure, because he's the one that's oh, yeah. producing the whole thing. No, as far as the cast is concerned, those the names we had gotten was was Bill, Dan, and Ernie, and then the new people was Rudd. Finn, the girl who I still other than seeing her just now, no reference for, and then the mother, which I think the pictures of her initially had black hair, but that doesn't matter. But she's also a face I didn't know, and even now I still don't really know. I recognize her. Yeah, I'll find out who she is. Okay, but yeah, that was those were only names that they knew, and like as far as the thing was concerned, that was as little the little bit was out in the world was that. 
but there's been several. I mean, it's been God, like six, seven months since we since that was something that happened. It's been a while. But Rudd Rudd put the video out on on Instagram of him like walking around New York, and he's like, "Oh, and by the way," and he's standing like in front of the as he turns to where you can see behind him, you see the Ghostbusters firehouse. It's Carrie Coon. Carrie Coon. Uh, she was the sister in Gone Girl. She was Proxima Midnight in Oh, okay. Infinity War. Dang she was crazy. on something else. She was, I think, she was on Fargo. The Fish show, okay. the show. Oh, that's crazy. Perhaps at midnight, huh? Huh? Yeah. Right. I knew I recognized her. Cool. Yeah. But yeah, that was as much as we knew about it. So, and now th- this thing drops, and it's like amazing. When is that supposed to come out? Ah, God, it just was on there. I should have looked. It was just on there, but. Yeah, 2020, like, but they don't like have a date three yet. weeks away. I bet they have a date. But the release for it, yeah, I'm sure there is. I don't know what it Fucking is. Fucking new IMDb. <laughs> I hate it so much. <laughs> hey, why fix something if it's not broke? All right. Well, why he looks that up. <clears throat> July 10th. There you go. Sweet. Sweet. Yeah, that's awesome. So February, we have Bloodshot and Wonder Woman, I think. Neither of those are going to be good. And then May, I don't know, the Bloodshot trailer looks cool. May. Yeah. Then May we have uh, Black Widow. So April, so right before Black Widow. That's cool. Ghostbusters and then the Widow. No, Widow then the Ghostbusters. Widow's in May, though. Yeah, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters July. April? Oh, but did you, July. July. I thought you said April. Sorry. So it's a summer release. That's cool. Heck yeah, man. Probably going to kill it. The trailer alone looks amazing, so... And like that Wolfhart kid, he just manages to be in everything that's good. It's crazy. So, yeah, nothing else. That's awesome. Paul he Rudd, has charisma. I God. get it. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He's aging well. I think that's a big deal. Yeah. As we get into some of this stuff we're going to talk about tonight, characters aging well, that's probably like, that's that's a big deal. Like, you know, Anthony Michael Hall. Aged well. <laughs> did he? But he did, though. Like, as, as time went on... Like, oh, yeah. From being a nerd kid to being Johnny B. Good to being... Like, what he is now, dude, he's... Yeah, he he did. He aged well. Yeah. But he, like, wasn't in shit for so long. Well, that's true. There was a huge stint in the middle there. He where was doing, like, mowing lawns and shit for 15 years, and he was like, oh, I'm gonna come back now. We were in 30 fucking movies. I don't think he needed to do much after that. Just like the kid from The Goonies and, like, Indiana Jones hasn't had to do shit since then, so... I don't think it's because he hasn't had to. I think he just... No one wanted to hire him. For him, it's a different story, because he didn't want to, and Spielberg, like, paid for all of his schooling, and... I mean, around I'm already in John Hughes. I'm not going to so. look up Anthony Michael Hall right now. That's fine. Necessarily, yeah. but... That's all right. John Hughes, let's do it. Okay, so arguably, like, the reason, like, I want to do him is, like, Tyler, we talked about this yesterday, is that he's probably one of the greatest, like, holiday directors, or holiday writers of all time, because he's only directed, technically, like, ten things, but he's written, like, 80... 50. 52 things, yeah. and it's um, some of the things that he was giving credit for is like the Home Alone Super Nintendo game and things like that. I don't, I, you know, some of the they, they get credit for all those things, and I liked them, but I was a fucking kid, so you know. Well, no, I mean the game was the fine. It was just like, but you're getting a, a writing credit for a video game. You know, what I mean, it's a not video necessary. game adaption of the movie. But yeah, so but as far as that goes, um, if you don't know who John Hughes is. He is an American-born director. He was born in Lansing, Michigan, 
Um, he lived there until about nine. He was born in 1950, and then his parents in 1963 moved to Chicago, Illinois, where most of his films take place. Um, the high school that gave him the inspiration for most of his films, um, Glenbrook North High School, and it's also where he met his wife, um, Nancy Lotting. She was a cheerleader, and she was his wife until he passed away um, on August 5th, 2009. But she lived, she just died this year. So oh, crazy. Um, so anyway, um, he started out as a, um, a joke writer for Rodney Dangerfield and Joan Rivers, and he was also a copyright editor, which took him to New York quite often. He worked for um, a cigarette company. And that's when he um, got involved with uh, National Lampoon magazine. Did you did you guys ever see that magazine? I didn't. I no. remember it was a thing, but I never actually saw so, it. So National Lampoon magazine, I've seen a shit ton of them because weirdly, this my buddy Skip's uncle had a subscription. That's the oh. only reason I knew about this magazine. Crazy. So, and and okay. we he like he he was fine with us looking at him, but the thing is, it was a mixture between Mad Magazine and Playboy. Right. So it was like there was nudes in it. But it was also a bunch of jokes and comics in it. It was like the perfect like mixture of magazines. Someone should reboot that. I'd buy a subscription. One hundred percent. And he did some early work and some early writing for like a bunch of stuff that they did. Um, their early success from Animal House got them into the like into the like the spotlight, and they couldn't quite get in back into that after that. There was a couple like failed things, but um, he was the, because he worked for them got them back into it with the vacation movies. But um his first big movie that he did was um Mr. Mom, which is also Michael Keaton, right? Yep. yep. Okay. So the weird thing about Mr. Mom is nineteen eighty three, Michael Keaton um turned down the movie Splash with Tom Hanks oh. and Daryl Hannah to do this movie. But Ron Howard they asked him to direct this movie, but he turned down to the direction of this movie to do Splash. Oh, crazy. What a weird circle. And this is actually the first movie that uh, Michael Keaton gets top billing in. Oh, all right. Well, as far as comedy roots, I mean, that's kind of what the dude did. and It's it's like a dramedy, I guess, but yeah. No, it's full-on comedy. It's the Mr. Mom? Yeah, it's hilarious. Oh, yeah, it's funny. So they, they him replacing mom because he loses his job, and then the mother, mom goes out and starts working. Which nowadays it's not quite the same deal, but yeah, in the eighties, man, it was. John, he was also they wanted him to direct this movie. He just wrote it, but he turned it down, and um, Stan Dragati is the one that ended up directing it. But um, huh. so he just wrote it. Yeah, okay. so a lot of these movies that we're talking about, he just wrote. Right. He's a writer. He, yeah. he's and the reason we're going to go through this, like, or, or I think we're very rarely going to cover just a full-on writer like this. But he, his directing wasn't like mo- he was mostly a writer. Like that's where he he succeeded the most. Right. But I don't know. His movies aren't bad either. But yeah, as a thing, he made a lot of the, he wrote a lot of the movies that are that are great movies. So makes sense. And this is also the first appearance since uh, Michael Keaton's breakthrough in Night Shift, which I think we've talked about Night Shift a bunch in this uh, periodically. A bit, yeah. Where like a couple guys who work in a morgue that like start a brothel out of it. Yep. Yeah. Such a good. It, it's so hilarious too. It's it yeah it's fine. Um, Chevy Chase, Michael Douglas, and Steve Martin. Well, Steve Martin and John Travolta were all considered for this role before Michael Keaton got it. Wow. So. So that's his first Stiff film. competition. Yeah, it is. Pretty crazy, actually. 
So his next big film is Vacation in 1983, which if you haven't seen National Lampoon's Vacation, then you've been... Kind of failing at life. And you've been living under a fucking rock. So it's like this is one of the greatest comedy films of all time. It's amazing. It's It's the penultimate travel movie. The, the, the journey movie, the, I mean, it just, it's, it's amazing. Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo, um, Randy Quaid. This movie is just, it, it goes on to set the standard for so many other things. This movie is based off of childhood experiences of his own. Oh, that's um, crazy. That's cool. All the roller coaster scenes in this movie were actually really shot and the part where um anthony michael hall looks like he's going to throw up he literally was almost going to throw up because every <laughs> scene they shot they had to go on the roller coaster again so they were literally going on the roller coaster 15 20 times and shoot this crazy stuff. and john candy's in that one too yeah this is a very early on johnny Can- john candy yep. relationship was built so he reminded me of a piece of news i forgot to talk about huh hbo is making a show based on vacation called the griswolds really yeah huh Seriously? Is, is Beverly, yep. is D'Angelo working on it? No, as far as I know, it's what's his name that, um, Johnny Galecki? Is huh. that his name? Yeah, Galecki's. He played. It's a name I know, but I don't know why. He played Russ in. Maybe it was Christmas Vacation that he was Russ. They have a different uh, Russ for like yeah. every movie, but he's, I think he was that one. He's the dude from Big Bang Theory. That's why. Yeah, yeah, John, yeah, yeah. Johnny Galecki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So he's attached to it, but that's all so far. Weird. There was a, uh, this doesn't have anything to do with Hughes really, but they did a commercial. Like, I can't remember what company it was for, but they did a commercial a few years back where they had all the Griswolds, um, including each of the daughters and both yeah, the it sons. Yeah, it was a commercial for something. Yeah, I don't remember what it was for, but it was Old awesome. Navy, I think, Navy. actually. Yeah, it was, it was an awesome commercial just because it had all the different kids. It was, it was good. Man, that's crazy. Well, Beverly D'Angelo, like, she's also known for writing things, too, and she's a pretty funny comedy writer, so... The scene where um, Rusty chugs the beer was not in this script. Like, Anthony Michael Hall just... Um, he it just he ad libbed that and like they thought it was so hilarious they kept it and it was an it was a it was a real beer. That's funny. So that's dope. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. So on to the next movie, which like I mean we're gonna th- there's a lot to get through kind of so we're sure. gonna kind of fly through some of these. Yeah, that's fine. If you guys want to stop and chat about Don't anything lie. specifically, we can. And I'm gonna skip some of them because some of them are like. Lesser known movies or not as good, like Beethoven Three. <clears throat> Probably not going to talk about that. That's understandable. I mean, I remember the first two. The third, no. Yeah, right. That's the. I, I only threw in um, Beethoven One because it's the only one that actually matters to me. So. Yeah. Naturally. So next movie, Sixteen Candles, and I. This is one of my favorite movies. I think it's hilarious, and I don't know if this movie today would actually get made. I don't think so. Because there's some scenes in it that seem a little rapey. There's some scenes in it that seem very racist. There's some scenes that, you know, it's just there's a lot of, like, weirdness to it. Like, a young girl that gives, like, a nerd her panties to brag. Like, it, it's just... I don't know. Some of you get away with in this whole in the, in, the, in the whole Me Too era, this movie would definitely not get made today. Yeah, I could give you that, probably. It'd be, it'd be rougher. You'd I have think, to. Uh, I think it could be a Deadpool short. <laughs> oh, for sure. That could. That's 100%. possible. How easily? Yeah. Well, that's about it. Yeah. 
So when they started this movie, Anthony Michael Hall and Molly Ringwald hated each other, and John Hughes, to to fix the situation, took him to a record store and just like put they're like, hey, we're going to this record store today. Just took the two of them, the three of them all went, and he let him go. And the two of them made friends because they found out that they were such like they had such similar tastes in music. And um, Molly Ringwald and scribbles on a notebook in this movie the rave ups is because that's one of her favorite bands that was her one of anthony michael hall's favorite bands as well and so that's kind of why they got on the same page oh that's cool i have to look that band up it doesn't ring any bells me either actually yeah the rave ups Hmm. um this is molly ringwald's favorite john hughes movie that she did with him that's cool Um, i mean she do she did like four five at least uh, three she did this one. She did Breakfast, Breakfast Club. Club. She did uh, Pretty in Pink. She did. Um, I think that's it. Yeah, I think this is it, actually. Oh, yeah. I think she did three, but. So, the. Oh, my gosh. There's just, like, so much information on this one. The the blonde girl, Headline Morris, is actually a natural redhead. Um the blonde girl, like uh, yeah, the the pretty girl for the the girlfriend in this yeah, the movie. Girlfriend for the and guy. so because yeah. of that, they had they made her wear a wig. I'll be damned. Also, um, in the shower scene where she shows her boobs, um, her boobs were supposed to be bigger than all the other girls to like to be like because she's supposed to be this perfect perfect specimen, and they weren't naturally, so they like put a body double in for that scene. Huh. <laughs> and and any time we get to talk about boobs on the show, I'm into it. So we don't talk about boobs enough, probably. We so. don't. Yeah. Samantha's room, which is a Molly Ringwald character, her room was like they built it in the gym of the high school that they filmed most of the movie in, because they didn't like have a lot of money for this movie. Set wise, yeah, that's cool. Can I derail us for a split second? Fuck yeah! Just please. gave me a really good idea for Let's an episode. Boobs. Can we just talk about our favorite nudity scenes? In movies oh for God. an entire episode. Uh, yeah, let's do that. Let's do it. In it episode. just I don't know how. Can we do it in like, episode sixty nine? Yep, hey, we'll save it for that. There you go. Boom, sixty nine figured out. It's like it writes itself. Cool. Damn. My God. Um, Anthony Michael Hall and Molly Ringwald were actually only sixteen years old in this movie. Which Both is, of them are. Yeah, I'll be damned. And Vigo Mortensen auditioned for the role of Jake Ryan. But, um, yeah, Vigo Aragorn? Yeah. Really? That's awesome. I'll be damned. Huh. And Molly Ringwald was like, I really, really wanted him. He made me weak in my knees. <laughs> Dang, Vigo. I'm like, damn, bro. Wow. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah. So, after that comes The Breakfast Club. Also awesome. Which. I like a lot, but yeah. The Breakfast Club is an amazing movie. It really is. I mean, all these movies are amazing. That's true. Like, they're so well written. Like, we just, there's so many to go through, so I'm going to try and, fl- like, I'm just, like, I'm trying. Yeah. It's a lot to get through, but it's just, some of these are so good. Like, like, Ferris Bueller, like, I'm going to, like, yeah, probably spend a little bit more time on that. And then the Home Alones, well, shit, I mean, fuck. I mean, it's Christmas time, so many Shit kids. and fucks. Right? Right, Tyler? So many fucks. And shits. And shits. Judd Nelson stayed in character, even off camera, and he, like, he went so far as to bully Molly Ringwald the entire time they shot this movie. Um, <laughs> John, he's almost fired him because of it. That's crazy. Just because he was like, "Hey, I'm just in. I'm just a. I'm a character actor. That's what I do." 
Or method actor is, I guess. That's what I yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alright. Sounds we, like she was being a puss. John Hughes wrote the script to this movie in just two days. When he Damn, got really? when, he, when he got the headshot of Molly Ringwald, he actually wrote this before he wrote Sixteen Candles, and he had it on his wall in his office, which seems extra creepy to me. To be and he, actually, he multiple times calls Molly Ringwald his muse, but he put that up and wrote it over a weekend. We're looking at her, thinking of her character the entire time. Yeah, that's creepy. <laughs> yeah, a little bit in the Me Too era, this if, wouldn't have got made either. If you for get sure. that much motivation from looking at a picture on the wall. More power to you. Maybe more screenwriters should do that. Uh, all right. I, th- I think that statement in the Me Too era would not be okay. <laughs> Movie-wise, I think I think this one still could have got made. I don't think it, it doesn't go too too terribly far. It doesn't go far enough to not be to not get done. But like as a thing that yeah, the muse thing. You gotta be careful what you say, man. You get yourself in trouble. And you won't be making shit. Yeah. So Bender's flinch when Vernon fakes a punch at him was genuine. Judd Nelson really thought Paul Gleason was going to hit him. <laughs> Man. Well. I, I would have hit him, too. <laughs> <laughs> and there was originally supposed to be several sequels to this movie. Really? Occurring every ten years. Where damn. the Breakfast Club would get back together. So it'd be kind of like an American Pie thing. They should do it now. They still could. I mean, yeah, I can't... What year was that? God, I don't know that. What year that movie? Do you know what year out? that one was? Which one? This one? Yeah, yeah Breakfast 80, Club, eighty-five. So eighty-five, twenty twenty-five. Do it then, man. I mean, I guess you, you you could. They're all still around. It's not like you couldn't do it. I don't know. Yeah, man. It's a weird concept, but yeah, I guess call it the Brunch of, Club. Kind of the American Pie <laughs> Brunch Club. Jeez. You know, the, that Back is Good Hell movie has themes from this based on it. So the, just one more thing, because I know that TF loves David Bowie. But uh, the David Bowie quote at the beginning of the movie is pulled from the song Changes. Anyway, right. it can be found on the 1971 album, Hunky Dory. But Ali Sheedy um, suggested the quote to John, who liked it, and included it in the movie because of that. Huh. That's cool. Hella cool. And then the last thing, the quick one, the switchblade was that's that uh, Bender uses in the movie uh-huh. is literally, um, it's really Judd Nelson's actual knife that he carried around for <laughs> protection purposes. Oh my god, that's funny. I'm gonna go off script for a second again, just because this is funny. But my dad just texted me and he said he was finishing watching Scrooged. <laughs> yeah, bro, that's awesome. I haven't watched it yet this year, which is like, huh. We watched, like, it, it was on Stars a lot over the summer, so we watched it, was, it a bunch yeah. of times, but, like... Seems like a weird time to put it on Stars, too. I fell it? asleep to it, so I need to actually watch it. But I'm, like, I'm kind of... I'm kind of behind. Well, I'm not behind, I guess, because we have quite a bit of time still. What's, well, only, what's, couple, what's today? Only the, weeks. the 10th? No, it's the 12th. No, 12th. Today's the 12th. Tomorrow's the 13th, because it's Friday the 13th. Uh, yep, yep. That's the only reason I know that. So the next movie, which is, and this is the weird thing that I always assumed in my head for some reason that Christmas Vacation was the second one, and it's not. So European European Vacation came yeah, out. European, next. then Christmas, then Vegas. I think it's just because European wasn't as, it, not as popular after the fact, right? Where vacation is still super popular, and Christmas Vacation is even more popular than all, than all the rest of them. So 
Yeah, release wise. This is where we get the other. No, hang on. Is this the same Rusty? Nope. First movie. I was gonna say. I think this. No, is Ant- a... no. Anthony Michael Hall. They're not the same in any of them. For Rust, it wasn't. Yeah, they're the all different. One? All different. Really? Uh huh. I'll be damned. I thought the daughter was the same in the second movie. Nope. Oh, all right. So, um, Anthony Michael Hall was asked to reprise reprise his role in the first movie, but he made he decided to make Weird Science instead. Which, thank mm-hmm. God, because Weird Science is fucking amazing. Yeah, it's good. It's one of my favorite movies. Made um, the right call on that one, I guess. Beverly D'Angelo calls him Sparky in all four movies, but um, the, the only reason to bring it up is like she still like she came up with that on her own, and to this day she still calls him that. That's funny. So silly. So because Anthony Michael Hall declined or rep- reprise his role as Rusty, the producers decided to recast both kids. Um, that's why Dana Barron was at was not asked to reprise her role as Audrey. Take that. Dana. What happens? Yep. And then, in an interview, Chevy Chase said that after this film was released, he got dozens and dozens of letters from people who had visited London and ended up trapped in roundabouts as well. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, that's Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> but and Harold Ramis, the reason he declined to direct this movie was because he was busy doing Ghostbusters. Also a good choice. So yeah, that's 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 European vacation. Yeah, and then on to weird science. So at so far, sixteen candles of Breakfast Club are the only two that he's that he actually that uh Johnny's yeah, actually directed, directed of the yeah. of the ones. Weird Science is the third one that he did. So, um, one of my favorite movies. Oh, it's hilarious. so fucking good, and so crazy that like just two nerds create like a like a genie ba- a genie basically but with their computer and some crazy electric a, storm a doll a crazy electric a, storm weird bras on their heads yeah it's uh <laughs> an improbability but yeah it, it, as a thing it's it was awesome like actor wise like people that are can't like that are bit parts in this movie are awesome like Bill Paxton's character yeah. as Chet is like unbelievable. So like that, like there's one like how about a nice greasy pork sandwich served in a dirty ashtray? <laughs> it was like based on something his dad used to say to him when uh, he was hungover from drinking. That's funny. Um, again, John Hughes wrote this movie in two days. Jeez, the dude was just a champ, man. Hmm. Um, so whose picture was he looking at for that one? Probably I mean, Kelly the Brock. Fuck yeah, she's hot as fuck in this movie. That's that's true. <laughs> I just see yeah. him like locking himself in a room with like bags of Cheetos and fucking <laughs> some kind of soda, just like plugging away, like writing scripts. That's ridiculous. Man, isn't this the one Robert Downey Jr.'s in? He is in this movie. Yeah, yeah he plays, he's one of the bullies. He's one of the bullies, the two jock guys. Yeah. There's your Iron Man, everybody. Awesome. It's the connection you get between Iron Man and uh, Alien. Or so, Aliens, excuse me. So the whole premise that was sold for this movie, like Kelly Bro- LeBrock says it, like John Hughes says it, also people was like, the whole pitch to this movie was a movie, a Mary Poppins with tits. <laughs> I mean, I guess it kind of is. Because she's sort of the babysitter for the two kids. Uh, kind of. I mean, 
Huh. Yeah, that's weird. Okay. Yeah, I can see it. I mean, I can, but... And again, Shermer, huh. Shermer High, the same high school from Breakfast Club, is yeah. the same high school in this movie. Well, he uses the same fictional set for... Which? Yeah. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. They do. Oh, no, Dogma. Is it Dogma? It's, no, it's... it's uh, yeah, it's Dogma. It dogma, is, it is Dogma. They're, going, they're traveling across They're trying to get, get to, to there, because yep. like, they're like, we can sell a bunch of weed and just like rule that town except for Joe Nelson. He's a badass. Right. All the chicks are hot. The only person we have to worry about is is uh, Bender. Yeah. <laughs> so it's so ridiculous. What do you mean it's not a real place? Hilarious. The jacket Warmer Kelly brought in this film was sold to D- um, to Dina Collection, a pawn shop in Beverly Hills, California, and it was sold for $25,000. Oh, my God. That's crazy. That's cool. That's crazy. So, yeah. Huh. I'll be damned. There's also a TV show. Did you guys ever watch the Weird Science TV show? It was on, like, TBS or something like that. I thought it was on, I thought it was on uh, USA. USA. That's what it was. USA. Up all night. And it was, like, the beginning of the up all night shit. Because... I saw some episodes of it. it Cast-wise, I mean, there were similarities, but yeah, I never really... I didn't really watch a lot of it, but I'm aware of it. I don't even know if I knew that existed ever. When was that? 90s, I think. Maybe late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. um, See, I didn't didn't see Weird Science until I was probably a teenager. Okay. I was born in 84, so I was like... Oh, yeah. I was about little kid shit till I was 10. It ran for four seasons, 1994 to 1998. There you go. And uh, the, actually, Vanessa Angel, she was the the female lead in Kingpin. Is, she plays... She plays um, the She plays Lisa. Genie, yeah. Oh, yeah. Foxy. So anyway. Yeah. So it was a thing. So the next one, I'm going to get some heat. Hopefully I get some heat for it. I, I love when people like... Would, I would love for people to message us and it's like, talk some shit to us but like Pretty in Pink is my it's my least favorite of his movies I, I think it's fucking whatever I don't like it I mean I only watched it once but I think it's fucking <laughs> whatever I think it's fucking like isn't that a date movie with Ducky yep yeah it's like I don't want to say it's emo but it's like it's female friendly what's what's the what's the what's the kind of music that uh, like the cure and all those guys are that's kind of emo isn't it no it's, there's, there's before there was that. emo yeah, like yeah. goth but I can goth. It was like goth, but like eighties goth. It's just cheesy as fuck. But this, that's this movie's kind of. I like the in cure, that and I don't like that movie. So, <laughs> man, I uh, think it was like a lot of a lot of his movies were enjoyable to both genders. Right, and that one was definitely more enjoyable for females. I would say. This movie was filmed at the same high school in Los Angeles where they filmed Grease. That's crazy. John, Cri- John Cryer went on to go be in like the uh, Charlie Sheen's brother in um, uh, Two and a Half Men. Two and a Half Men, yeah. He's That's currently it. Lex Luthor in the Supergirl TV show. I did not know that. Weird. But yeah. He annoys the shit out of me. <laughs> um, other than that, that's really all I have this movie. I'm yeah, I got nothing on this one. Is that right? Of the group of them, would they be the last choice to watch, really? Yep. Molly Ringwald hated the pink dress she had to wear, and it's the prom dress. She hated oh, it. Oh, so. yeah, there you go. Um, this take one's, take look, that movie. Anyway, 
So if you listen to this and uh, you don't like that we didn't talk about Pretty Pink too much, fuck off. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's our show. It's our suck sh- a fuck. No one cares about you. Suck a fuck. I like that one. Donnie Darko. Start your own fucking podcast. So my the next one, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so good. Bueller's, yeah, good. Probably the one I've seen the most, if we're excluding Home Alone. But excluding that, I think I've watched it even more than Vacation. This, so Ferris Bueller is the ne- It's the fourth one that the Johnny's actually directed. So he did not direct Peter and Pretty in Pink, but he did Ferris. So it's like all the ones he directed were the best ones. Um, 16 Candles, Breakfast Club. Well, I guess not Home Alone. But Weird Science, Ferris Bueller, Planes, Trains, Uncle Buck. Those are the ones that he directed. Of, of my favorite ones. Man. Pretty much besides Christmas Vacation, Home Alone, and Dutch. Yeah. Oh, well, those are all good, too. Yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> Sad that they are. They're very good. So, um, Ferris's parents in this movie, Cindy Pickett and Lyman Ward actually got married after this movie. Oh, really? No. That's crazy. They got divorced later on. I have very fond memories of this movie from when I was in middle school, even though it came out way before I was in middle school. But I used to skip a lot of days in middle school, go home, and just, like, eat and watch movies. And this this movie would (laughs) always be on when I was skipping school. <laughs> so I just loved it so much because I was like, I'm skipping school and I'm watching a movie where they skip school. <laughs> whenever, whenever, Speaking of that, whenever I don't want to go to work and I'm just like really hungover or tired, the scene where like the song that Cameron sings, he's like, when Cameron was in Egypt land, let my Cameron go. <laughs> yeah. Like I sing that to myself in the shower as I stand there like my head's ringing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> pow, pow. <laughs> yeah. Who um, was the principal again? Did the like the actor? Oh gosh, I'm trying to think of who it was. Howard the Duck. I don't remember his name. Uh, Jeffrey Jones. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in a lot of Tim Burton shit. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. Howard, he's also in Die Hard. Amadeus. Howard the Duck. Ed Wood. Yeah, he's in a lot of stuff. Invader Zim, actually. Oh really? Stuart Little. Huh. He was in How High, Dr. Doolittle 2. Crazy. Sleepy Hollow as the Reverend. I haven't, I haven't watched this one in a while. I need to... I mean, I used to watch it a lot, but I need to watch it again. Ferris Bueller? Yeah. So for to get, to get the desired effect they wanted, Charlie Sheen stayed awake for two full days before they filmed his scene to get that like oh, pale, that yeah. dark circle eyed. Like He literally stayed awake for two days to film that. That's crazy. They're just like, here's... Here's 500 bucks. Just do what you do, and then in two days, we'll shoot your scenes. So it's not two days. <laughs> it's not two days, but how many days do you guys think this took for him to write this movie? Oh, God. Being as good as it is, I don't know, one? One week. Six days. Oh, I'll be damned. That's more than I would have expected. I think that'd be a tough one for two days. The scene where, like, Matthew Broderick's playing, like, Ferris is playing the clarinet, and he's like, like, they're like, they wanted to film him, like, playing an instrument. And he's like, I can play the clarinet. And he couldn't fucking play the clarinet. <laughs> but it was so funny. They kept it in the movie. It's pretty good. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> I can play. Yeah, that's, that's funny. It's uh, good stuff. So, yeah. This is one of my favorite movies, man. It's good. It just, it? it just has, I think the way, I mean, it's well written. It's hilarious. It's funny. 
Well, the pacing in it's really good. Yeah, it just it has so much, and and John Hughes like some of his back his like his like history that I didn't get into like he like the Beatles is like one of his favorite things in the world. He loves the Beatles, so that's why that scene when Paris is on the float. Oh, and, okay. The shake it up, baby, like twist and shout, like that's all because he loves the Beatles so much. But um, I think the reason I love this movie so much is because it it reminds me of Zach Morris. And I love Saved by the Bell so much that has that same kind of <laughs> that same kind of feel like. Like, he's almost supernatural. Yeah. Like, he's almost controlling everything. <laughs> I guess I can see that a little bit, yeah. That's... Okay, okay. It's funny. Um, guess I ain't got that. I mean, other than it being awesome, I mean... It's another, <laughs> other it's, than, it's another yeah. good adventure movie, just because it goes to so many different places. Yeah. There's so many different, like, just barely elude trouble... Yeah, it's awesome. So, just reminds me of the good old days, skipping school. Skipping work for an entire year. <laughs> I'm the, yeah, that too. But <laughs> one of these days, I'm just going to, like, play hooky and work from home and watch that movie. You're still working. That doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't count. Does yeah, it? like, kind of. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to do another thing that's going to probably piss off people is i'm gonna skip some kind of wonderful because like i've only seen it like one or two times and i vaguely remember it i don't even remember what is it about um that's a good question because i was gonna say i don't know if i've ever actually seen that or not i'm aware of it being a movie and that's about as far as it goes and then it being a song i can think of the song that's yeah <laughs> that's where i was at just now so a girl's best friends with like a popular guy in school and he gets like a date with the most popular girl in school and then she's like oh i have feelings for him too so she tries to get it like get his attention okay that's is that the one i think i have seen this leah thompson which i do like totally i know what this is okay i feel like that's another one that used to be on tv when i was skipping it is i just i'm like eh. but as far as everything, he didn't direct that one either, so it's fine. As everything, as far as everything goes, um, this is the next one that he actually directed. But as far as holiday movies go, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is the next. Yeah, and it's actually we as we talk about this now. There's only two movies that properly I think are Thanksgiving movies. Yeah, and this it's is this one in Dutch, and he wrote both of them. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy because yeah, Dutch is too, huh? Yeah, it is. I never thought about that. But yeah, the train stays on and is definitely a Thanksgiving movie. Crazy. Yeah. He did both of them, huh? I'll be damned. So niche we keep thinking as a whole, there's at least two movies. And that's basically it. Because Eli Roth won't make things killing. It's pissing me off. Yeah, that's too fucking bad, man. Uh, yeah. I don't want to go too far off the rails again, but <laughs> I did watch a Thanksgiving movie that came out like two years ago, I want to say, called The Oath. Yeah. And it has the guy, Ike Barinholtz, who's like, he's uh, all right, he's Seth Rogen's friend in Neighbors. Okay. You know who I'm talking about? He's like a comedian, but he's oh, kind of like wow. in the acting thing now. He's had, he's been in some It's Always Sunny episodes, like, he's not, he's not a huge, he's huge in, our, in the writing game, but not acting. But it was, like, advertised as a 
kind of comedic Thanksgiving movie, and it was so fucked up. It was like a horror movie. Huh. But anyway, I would classify it as a Thanksgiving movie, so just put that on your list to watch sometime. Okay. Crazy. So, in the uh, car rental scene in this movie, it's literally a minute long, the, the scene from the time that he starts his tirade to the time he, like, walks to find it, doesn't find it, has to walk back. Okay, that scene is one minute long in this movie. Okay. The word fuck is said 18 times in one minute. <laughs> this movie would have been PG or PG-13 if not for this scene. That's wow. pretty solid. Yeah, that's love crazy. It. That's worse than a Tarantino flick. And I know that we love the word fuck on this podcast, so I figured, like, that's a big, that's a big, like, little piece of trivia. In one minute, that's a lot. Yeah. That's a, that's a fair amount. Supposedly, this is John Candy and Steve Martin's favorite film that they, that both of them, either of them ever did. Huh. Well, that's cool. Yeah, that's neat. Um, man. So the exterior of the aircraft in that's in flight is a reuse of the 707 that's flying through the storm from the movie Airplane. <laughs> that's awesome. Which is, that movie's hilarious I've as well. never had any idea. That's crazy. Surely you can't be serious. I sure don't call me Shirley. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I, I almost missed it. <laughs> almost. I was, I was close. So I feel like that this movie was a huge, for a lot of reasons, but I think this movie was a huge, um, It, it, probably Tommy Boy would have never been made if this movie wouldn't have, wouldn't have been made. Oh, probably not. This, the inf the influence yeah, from this movie. True. It's an odd couple. It's an odd couple travel movie, man. Like, so I'm gonna wait until we get to Home Alone before I say the John Candy stuff. But um, like this is John Candy's been in him. Him and John Hughes's relationship was very big, and like they were like really really good friends. So, but this is like I think. Uh, this might be the first one he was in. Yeah. No, 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 no. He was in, uh, Vacation. vacation. He oh, was the John security. Candy? Was, yeah. Yeah, John Candy. Yeah, he's in Vacation first for a Hughes movie, and then after that, it, he gets more proper roles as leads and less supporting character, less supporting after that one. Well, that's the first time the two ever worked together. I guess it must be. I don't, I guess I don't know that, but I would assume that it was. And there's a bunch of weird things in this movie, like when the the cat when Dell steals his cab at the beginning of the movie, when he looks down the puddle, there's two shower rings in the puddle. You can barely see them. Um, in the on the on the flight screen in the background, and when the flights are canceled, like it this says the destinations literally say nowhere. If you look closely, huh? There's a bunch of little weird, cool little things that. like that. That's cool. And Roger Ebert actually said this is one of the greatest movies ever made. There you go. Wow. Yeah. I mean, he was one of the He's hardcore. He was one of the few critics I think I agree with almost 100% of the time. Well, dude did it for a long time and yeah. like, pioneered that being a thing. So, Siskel and Ebert, dude. Yeah. And Siskel died and Ebert went on for, yeah. with Roper for a while. And did it for a little bit. Ebert finally died. Yep. So, the next film is, well, she's having a baby, but I'm yeah, not, not going to yeah. dig into that one. Um, I don't think I've seen that. 
I mean, it's okay, you're you're fine. You didn't miss anything. Alec Baldwin's in it. Kevin Bacon's in it. Like it's all right. Like again, it's one of those I've seen like one, maybe two times. Yeah. It's just, I'm sure if I watched it again, like oh, this was a good movie. But as we're going through John Hughes and he has a million fucking movies we have to get through, yeah. I'm trying to fly through these wells. I can't. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're good. But I'm skipping this one. So Great Outdoors is next. Oh yeah, fantastic. And two of the greatest actors of all time are in this movie. Oh, yeah. I need like, to see if I can find a download of this. I don't think I have it. Fucking it's amazing. so good. Yeah. But John Candy, again. Yeah. And Dan Aykroyd, who fucking is... Kills it. They're, they're just both amazing. I think yeah. I think when watching this movie and then listening to a couple interviews recently with Dan Aykroyd, I think, I think his greatest thing has always been a complimentary character to somebody else. Like... If you think about it in all the movies that he's been in, like even Dragnet with him and Tom Hanks, like he's always this complimentary character who's not fantastic by itself, but next to somebody else, it's just like, sure, it creates that, that amazingness together. Sure. It's the fondant rose on the fucking birthday cake. (laughs) You know what I mean? Or it's, it's like the ice cream served. It's just adds to the dynamic. Yeah. I I can feel that. So anyway. As for this movie, the, uh... Yeah, the creepy twins in it? My God. Yeah, the fucking Shining the Twins. Kids are... You yeah, watched this dude. the other night, actually. Yeah. A couple, got, couple times recently, actually. Fucking eye. Last. Oh. How do you guys feel about the reboot? I think it's weird that it's a thing. Yeah. Rebooting this one? Yeah. With Kevin Hart. Who I do think is hilarious. Yeah. But... I think it's weird. That Probably going to be like more towards the kid-friendly side than I mean, being in the middle. Yeah, this one had adult humor though, and I see I see but the new one not having. Yeah, but the adult humor that's in much. it is like just like just like Ghostbusters, the humor that kids don't get until they're older and they watch it again. They're like, oh, I right. see it now. So I mean, it's classy adult humor. How about that? Is that a real thing? I'm gonna say that it is. Yeah. It's like Seinfeld. <laughs> sure. Classy adult humor through and through. <laughs> so the a song in the film that's in the cre- like that gets listed in the credits um called Drag Boat. It's listed as being performed by Elwood Blues Review, which obviously the Elwood Blues Review is Blues Brothers, bro. Blues Brothers. Heck yeah. The production for this movie is about three weeks long. Um the setting is Lake Potawatomi is a fictional place in Wisconsin, but the real life base lake is in California. Huh. All right. Oh. All and right. It, and it was filmed in October, November, which I thought was weird because it's supposed to be a summer place, and it's like that's definitely fall. Yeah, I guess in Cali you can get away with that yeah, though. That's true. <laughs> Not in Wisconsin. Right. Yeah. Actual mountain country would be a very different situation. Yep. The 25th biggest film at the American box office for the year of 1988. Really? Surprisingly. Wow. I can see that. Sure. And John Hughes had planned to direct this movie himself, but um, he had some other stuff come up. Huh. All right. So, yeah. It was definitely definitely fun. Like, as a movie in general, it's, it's funny. It's Yeah, it's good. I feel like the cast. So the character of Roman, which yeah. is like the uncle. Stan Aykroyd, yeah. Yeah, like 
my my uncle Dave like reminds me so much of that character. <laughs> like when I do anything, I'm like, chill out, great outdoors. And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, and he's just going about our business. But like, <laughs> he just like so. Remember when I had to go get that car in Montrose? Then yes. Back to Grand Junction. I then do. I had to drive it to fucking like Gunnison. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. my like. It is always some scheme. That's my <laughs> uncle Dave. Like he's just okay. like he's like, hey buddy, hey buddy, oh. like this. It just reminds yeah, me yeah. of like the same. He actually, except put gray hair on him, he looks very similar to that. It's, really? It's... Huh. And I'm prone that to my mom all the time, and then she starts laughing. It's my mom's, my mom's brother, but but growing up, it was my dad's best friend, so... it's um, funny. But just this movie, like, hits home because it reminds me of my uncle. That's funny. I think if I told him, he'd, like, he'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's funny if you don't explain it, though. That's pretty... Yeah, this is good. So, uh, the next movie is Uncle Buck. Another John Candy, also Technically awesome. Christmas. Is it Christmas? No, holiday yeah. time. Yeah. It's holiday it, it time. It seems Christmassy more than, like, Thanksgiving. The main thing that happens in it, though, is the kid's birthday. So it's not... It's winter, for sure, but I don't think it's actually... And I don't think it's actually... Somebody dies, holiday. like, the mom... Or the, mom gets sick, or, like, the no, grandma gets sick or something. I think the mother... The mom's mom dies, I think. Her, and so her dad two, gets sick or something. something. They, this, the two parents have to leave. And the only person they can get to watch the kid on such the kids on such a short notice winds yeah. up being Buck, who's a schemer and a you know a better. Is this Macaulay Culkin's first movie? It might be. I think it might be. I don't. I don't know that for sure. But he's he's younger than Home Alone in it. But yeah, it, the was whole what was eighty eight, eighty nine. Well, technically, he was in. A movie called See You in the Morning and The Rocket Gibraltar before that, and then two TV shows. But oh, oh as an actual like character, I think he's pretty huh. much his first like big role. Yeah, as a thing, I don't remember seeing a kid's face ever before that. So yeah, I mean, those things are just like such small things. Yeah, I was actually so young. I think I think maybe too young when this came out to watch it. But then I watched Home Alone and Home Alone Two, and then finally I went back and watch this because i like macaulay culkin sure you know but makes sense who is the sister like i can oh picture her face but yeah. like the little girl no 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 like the older the older, older, the older, older one sister. so she was in i mean fuck. like she's i i know her from she was in a tv show called it's Jean Louisa Kelly is her name. Okay. She was in a TV show called Yes Dear. Um, she was in Ant Man, but I was buyer. But what? Hang on, what? But that's her. She was in Ant Man. I'm gonna have to she's, watch that. She's, and scout her she, out. She's in a bunch of shit, but like I, I only know her because I watched the, I watched that TV show Yes Dear, like a lot, a lot, and it was really, it's a really funny TV show. Huh. Um. And I, it, it ran for like six seasons, I think. And it was, I thought it was fucking hilarious. But I mean, she's not really in a bunch of other things. She never blew up, but she stuck with it. Yeah. Yeah. So beyond that. And then I, what was, what was her boyfriend's name that was trying to take her V card? Bug. There you go. Like, I remember that too, because. Buck had like Roach. 
Right. Roach, Roach was the, the character's name. Bug is what Uncle Buck calls right. him. Right. And he Who had all these weapons Bug? in his trunk, and he's yeah. just, like, fucking with them the whole time. Hilarious. Yeah. No, it is Bug. Hang on. He's not... He doesn't call him Bug? Maybe he calls him Roach. Oh, maybe. He, oh, he does. He does. He says something about a Roach. And a Roach is like a bug. You're a bug. Yeah, oh, man. I don't remember what scene. I think that's the scene where he shows up at the house trying to stop the party or whatever. Yep. And, uh, so he does call him a roach, but yeah, they're right. And the character name is Bug. So in that scene where, like, Macaulay Culkin interrogates him. Yeah. All the answers, John Candy, like, made a sign and, like, wore it as a hat on his head. So, that, like, when they wrote, like, all Macaulay Culkin had to do is, like, look at his, like, basically looking at John Candy, basically, and, like, reading his own responses. Right. That's because it had to be, like, fast like that. That's awesome. Um, it's funny. It's a good way to do it too, face wise. So almost every set was built in the local high school gymnasium of the town that they they shot it in. Um, even the house itself. Damn, that's crazy. Huh? The noise that Buck's car makes when it backfires is that of an actual gunshot and a firecracker. These both things. <laughs> um, that's awesome. The the car itself was a nineteen seventy. Well, it says 75 to 78 Mercury Marquis Coupe. But, yeah. I mean, I think that... Whatever. Um, this is one of the first films to change teenagers' choice of music from rock to rap. Huh. Okay. Well, I guess it'll be the right time for it, I guess. The the young daughter in this, Gab, yeah. Gabby Hoffman, um, she plays the daughter in Field of Dreams. Okay. And Danny DeVito was actually considered for the role of Uncle Buck as well in this. Really? Huh. Yeah, but the problem is, is he still would have been shorter than Macaulay Culkin, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. I could see it being funny, like, if it was a skit now, that'd be fucking hilarious. Like, if they did a skit and it's always sunny, sure. oh my god, that'd be great. <laughs> Man... So the girl that goes on to be in My Girl, the lead the lead character in My Girl, Anna yeah. um, Ch- Chalumsky, she this is she was in this movie with Macaulay Culkin, but she's only credited as a schoolgirl and number one in this movie. Huh. All right. So his first crush, and then he got her a role in a bigger movie, and then she kills him with bees. <sighs> so that's what happens. That's what you get. Classic you know? typical. Story. Classic. Typical. Kills him with bees. She's like, bees, get him. <laughs> so funny. All right, so uh, this was the last one that he actually directed. Okay. So next we have Christmas Vacation, which is arguably, if you listen to the last year's episodes, one of the greatest Christmas films of all time. Oh, yeah. I think I have to say, personally, I think it's the best. Not my favorite even, but, like, I think it's the best. You think? Yeah, like, from a personal level, I would say my favorite is different. But if you think about everything, like, it's even as fucking hilarious and rude as it is, it's still one you can watch with your family. You know? That's true, yeah. I don't know. I still think it's the best. <laughs> it's the best one. It's good. It's so, um, Jeremiah Chechik, who's directed this movie, 
Like when Clark's in bed reading People magazine, the guy that's on the cover is the director of the movie. Oh, I'll be damned. That's good. That's kind of brilliant. I would have yeah. slipped that in there, too. Right. That's, that's smart. <laughs> yeah. You know, not go as far as, like, M. Night does. Like, I'm going to give myself a roll, but just, like, you know, <laughs> a little snapshot somewhere right. of your face. That's funny. The same uh, Chicago Bears hat is worn in the first all three of the first vacation movies. I'll be damned. By, by Chevy Chase. Chevy Chase, Chase yeah. That's crazy. Usually a prop like that would fall on the wayside and just be replaced. That's cool. When Clark and Cousin Eddie are talking in the living room, they are drinking eggnog out of Waterworld mugs. Yep. Waterworld was the destination. From vacation. vacation movie. Yep, but there's shape of um, and everything. They, only they two. Have, you can buy those at Kohl's. A moose uh, <laughs> punch bowl. Just so you know. Right, right. Them, a moose punch bowl, too. Um, only two Christmas movies came out in 1989. This one, the movie Prancer. And Johnny Galecki, who went on to be, he plays Rusty in this movie, who went on to be in The Big Bang Theory. Right. Um, he was in both those movies that year. Really? Yeah. Wow, he's holidaying it up. I remember a movie named Prancer, but I don't fucking remember watching it. Yeah, I may have seen it, but I have no memories of it, so. Good going, Galecki. And now he's going to be in The Griswolds. Um, Which, I mean, I guess it makes sense if it's going to be, it was going to be a continuation that would be awesome. If he's rusty, that would be really cool. I'd so, be all right with that. So arguably one of the greatest Christmas movies of all time is um, It's a Wonderful Life. Like just as through sure. the, through the yeah. ages. Yeah. Um, the director of that movie is Frank Capra. Okay. The assistant director on this movie was Frank Capra III. I'll be damned. Holy shit. That's crazy. Which is weird. I didn't, I mean, that's a weird thing to know, but. Yeah, that's crazy. That's really. The third. And this is the only vacation movie of all of them that this is that they didn't actually travel somewhere. Everyone traveled to them. That's true. Huh. And despite being a Christmas movie, Christmas Day is never shown in this. It actually ends on Christmas Eve. That's it does. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Do you guys do you guys know the name of like um like Clark's boss? Do you know who that guy what that guy's oh, name is? Damn it. No. I know his face. It's Brian Doyle Murray's Bill Murray's brother. Oh yeah. I knew that too. Actually, he plays the mayor and Groundhog's Day. I mean, I yeah, must have known that. Brian just... Doyle Murray. That's my. I think we've actually talked about that on the podcast before. Actually, yeah, I feel yeah. like we probably did last year, or during the Murray episode. But yeah. So. <laughs> Next movie is what, gentlemen? Ready? Home Alone, right? Ready for the big one? I mean, I guess Home Motherfucking Alone, and I mean. The la- I think the last like probably like five we'll just fly through real quick but this one like it's a big fucking movie sure again arguably one of the greatest Christmas movie Christmas movies of all time like I just Christmas Vacation Home Alone and the other one I just mentioned like It's a Wonderful Life that's they're so like just they're when, pretty they're very synonymous with Christmas at this point in the world. Like, for obvious reasons, but, like, as a thing. I mean, I think it's the most rewatchable Christmas movie. Oh, for sure. Like, I, know that. I haven't watched it the whole way through this many times, but I've probably watched it four times already. <laughs> like, at least actually, had it on. Me you too, know? actually, weirdly. It, I think it's, like, the easiest one to turn on and, like, just 
even if you're not even watching it, like it's the best Christmas background noise, I feel like. So Pesci kept forgetting that this was in a family movie when they were filming it. So Chris Chris Columbus is like, hey, maybe let's just change fuck instead instead of saying fuck like you're doing over and over again. Will you just say like another word? So they chose the word fridge. <laughs> he does say fridge a lot, man. It's awesome. It's awesome. So the picture of Kevin, um, Kevin's older brother Buzz's girlfriend. Yeah. Like, oh, Buzz, rough. It's an actual like a boy dressed as a girl because Chris Columbus thought it'd be like like it'd be cruel <laughs> to make fun of an actual girl. Huh. Oh, so I watched. So the first time I watched Home Alone. This year, whenever that was, like it might have been like before December, probably, maybe even Thanksgiving, probably January first. No, <laughs> but I watched it, and then actually after that, watched a movie with Tori called Hustlers. We don't have to talk about it. It's about Jennifer Lopez and some other chicks that start ripping off a bunch of dudes. I heard about that actually. But I'm watching it, and this guy keeps popping up, like in scenes here and there. I'm like, I fucking know this guy. And I look it up, and it's Buzz. <laughs> I'm like, what the Seriously? fuck? Like, it's what funny. are the odds of that? Like, that I watched Home Alone, and then I just watched some random J Lo movie that just came out. Weird. And then he's in it. That's <laughs> So Catherine O'Hara in 2014 said that Macaulay Culkin, when he sees her, still calls her mom. Oh, that's cool. Kind of adorable, right? Yeah. Mom, can I have some money for crack? I'm out. I need some crack money. Oh, come on, man. Have some crack money. Save so money. some impro- improvisa- improvisations of this movie. Um, the line, you guys give up or you thirsty for more, was improvised by Macaulay Culkin. That's pretty solid to be improvised. The hand slaps on the face and he screams. That was improvised. Nobody, what? Yep, really? Nobody knew that that was going to happen. And Macaulay Culkin did it. And everybody's like, oh, wow. So much wasted talent. What happened to him? Damn. Oh, yeah. Crack. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. um, Daniel Stern actually improvised the lines Why the hell are you dressed like a chicken? <laughs> and maybe he committed suicide Or both improv Which I think is hilarious so I gotta say, even <laughs> though we're on the first one We're obviously moving into the second one <laughs> Why the hell are you dressed like a chicken? <laughs> <laughs> makes me laugh so The movie still makes you laugh after all these fucking years, man Like Just even talking about it out loud so good. I'll just wait till we get a home loan to you, but. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I mean, I think we talked about this a little bit last year, but like, remember like the science breakdown of like that. What would kill everyone? Every like how, time? what the injuries would actually do to people yes, and do. like the paint can and they did it with like dummies and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Oh. And, and brick, since kid. tomorrow, <laughs> since tomorrow's Friday the 13th, you should try to watch a scary Christmas movie like that better watch out movie that recreated the home alone scene. Obviously it's just a movie, but oh, yeah, the paint can thing and it just crushes this dude's skull. Yeah. It crushes it. It's, it's like, <laughs> yeah, well, it's he died brutal. and I'm pretty sure that paint can wasn't even as high up as the one in home alone. So <laughs> it's crazy. Um, all Jan- all John Candy's lines in this movie are improvised. He just like, let him do his thing. Uh, why not? That's cool. Yeah. Polka, polka. John Hughes was known for letting, like, as a writer, he was pretty hands-on with a lot of stuff, and he was known for letting characters just improvise whole scenes. 
because he knew his actors so well. Like oh. the Breakfast Club, a lot of the scenes in the Breakfast Club are improvised. Say so um, done so many movies with candy, it makes sense. I always kind of really wish that the Polka King would have also been the same guy from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. It might be. If they're, if they're the same dude, I thought that would be really cool. You don't know, bro. Well, there would have to be a couple more pieces to make it true, but I, yeah. can, I can believe it. It's the okay. actual map that's used, McCoy Gulfson actually drew that himself. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. That's funny. That's pretty cool. I didn't know that. Um, Joe Pesci actually, when they're like improvising the scene, where, like he like bites Kevin's fingers, like I want to bite your fingers off. He actually bit and like left like a pretty bad like cut on Kevin, like on McCoy Culkin's finger. And he got AIDS. And he got and addicted to crack. And he got addicted to, addicted oh, to crack. Man. Yeah, crack from Joe Pesci's saliva, and then it's like downhill from there. I don't think that's how that works. It's funny though. So the whole concept of this movie. And why John Hughes came up with it was from that that um, from the interrogation scene from Uncle Buck. Oh, with him with him, Culkin. Where he like opens the hi. flap and like the, funny. the letter, yeah. letter opener, and he's like, "Where are you? What's your name? What are you doing? Like all that." Like <laughs> that's pretty good. That's that's funny. And Macaulay Culkin's stunt double was a very 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 short thirty year old man. Really. Yeah. That's crazy. But Have was, you guys seen the the Home Alone memes floating around just uh, this year, like just new ones? I'm going to say no. There's a Home Stallone one where like someone put Sylvester Stallone's <laughs> face on him when he's like sitting on the stairs and he has the BB gun. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. That's uh, crazy. No, I have not seen that, but that's pretty epic. There's a lot floating around now, but like that's huh. the funniest one. Home Stallone. Home Stallone. <laughs> okay. That's funny. So the rubber feet, like uh, Daniel Stern's character, wears the rubber feet, just like John, uh, Bruce Willis's character did in Oh, in Die Hard, yeah. They use like they used the same technology, so to speak. So he, so he was running around with bare feet, actually. Yeah, that would have been the worst, right? Like for Bruce Willis, like that oh, whole yeah. fucking movie. I'm like, God, I. I'd have called it quits on that one. There's really, there's only, there's only like two scenes really where you can see that, and if you know to look, then you know to look. But one of them's not even Bruce; it's the stunt double. Like the easiest one to see where you can actually see the lines where you can tell it's like there's something there if you know to look is when he kills the first guy on the stairs and they fall down the stairs together. It's the stunt double tumbling with him, but the stunt double was wearing him too, and you can see the line where you can where the shoe, when you shoe, and you can probably tell like, man, that guy has some big fucking feet. Well, actually, they don't really look that different, actually. But, like, that scene, you can see it pretty easy. And then, it, but again, it's not actually Bruce. It's the stun double, and they fell down the, uh, fell down the stairs. But, yeah, the rest of the time, you don't see them clear enough. But, yeah, it's pretty impressive. How cool would a Die Hard spinoff movie be where it's, like, kind of in the Die Hard universe with Bruce Willis, but it's actually a Christmas movie? You mean, like, uh, Die Hard? Because it's actually a Christmas movie? No, but, like, not an action movie. Oh, you mean, like, a comedy? Yeah. Huh. I, you know, like, I'm not saying it would be bad, but as a thing, I don't think it'd have the same, uh... Had the other three movies been Christmas movies, I'd be more about it. But only the first two really win, and then after that, it's the 4th of July, and the next one's... I don't even know when the next one's supposed to be, and the other one's in Russia, so... It's weird. The second one's in Christmas. The first two are, yes. 
The first two are. The third one isn't, though. third one's... I want to say it's, it's either Memorial Day or Fourth of July. Not that hard of the vengeance. Yeah. The Sam Jackson one. It's definitely in the summer. It is. After after the second movie, they lost the the actual theme behind the movies for Christmas. But whatever. So just a thought. That's sure. Fine. No, no, I hear you. So Chris Columbus loved Goodfellas, and when they were on set, he would ask Joe Pesci, "Can you recite your How Am I Funny?" scene? <laughs> and there was actually a scene filmed where he does a similar speech to Daniel Stern's character, Marv. And um, where he defensively questions him, and the scene is ultimately deleted. But I would love to have seen that. Scene. Yeah, I wonder if like I'm a clown, like I amuse you. It's <laughs> funny. Yeah, why would you take Man, that out? Yeah, it's a, yeah. Why would you cut that out of there? And despite filming a family movie, Daniel Stern once slipped in the shit word, which can be heard when he is retrieving his boot through the doggy door at. The time mark of 53 minutes and 12 seconds on the DVD, as oh, well it. as it shows on the subtitles. <laughs> but it's like, it slipped in there so subtly. That's funny. <laughs> it's so silly. And the reason that, like, John Hughes thought Chris Columbus would be such a good director for this film is because Chris Columbus has an incredible fear for burglars since he was a small child. Huh. All right. That's, uh, how would he know that? I, I don't know. Man, that's a... So we're going to skip career opportunities. I mean, I I don't even... I haven't even seen this movie. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah. I do just want to say before you completely move away from Home Alone that even though we probably talked about it last year, I think the more that I watch it when fucking Marv get, gets hit in the face four times with a brick... We're not to the second one yet, though. Oh, are we not? That's where we're going. There was a movie in between? There's multiple movies in between. Oh, I didn't know that. Writer-wise. So Dutch is next. And Dutch is the other actual Thanksgiving movie. Yep. With Ed O'Neill, who is fucking... Awesome. Awesome. I gotta say that I was at the age when I saw this movie where it made me want to act out. <laughs> and I would watch this movie Dang. and it would make me act out. Huh. I'll be damned. Because it was also around the time my when like, got divorced. my parents got divorced and I, I saw this, this movie and I was like, this kid's hilarious. So I definitely picked up some shit from that movie that I probably shouldn't have. <laughs> John Candy was supposed to actually he was the first choice in um casting as the character of Dutch Dooley. Really? Wow. That would have been different. There were plans for a sequel that never happened. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if I can see that movie yeah, without Ed O'Neill as the Oh yeah, mentally? No. Yeah, Tim Allen right. was also considered for the role. No, Early that, on. that changes it completely. Again. Because Ed O'Neill is like that asshole from Married I, with Children I, that like has but, a... I, but I think John Candy being an asshole could have worked though. I think it could have worked. It could have, but Yeah, I don't think it Ed O'Neill is more asshole, less funny. Yeah. And I think that's why the movie was so funny. And there was another person actually that was up for the role. For Dutch? Uh-huh. Okay. Mel Gibson. Oh, uh, well. 
I could see that. Yeah, I could see that too. He has he has yeah. the asshole thing good enough. But he for has sure. the Ed O'Neill like they have that same. They have a very like I mean Mel Gibson at the time would have been very more fit and all that kind of shit. But like they have that same kind of like disposition. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I can see that. I can see him doing the part. Um. Yeah, this is like one of the like really one of the only other Thanksgiving movies. I know we talked about that already, but this one. This movie's like actually fucking so good. It is so hilarious. Like when the kid just like steals the car and crashes into the hotel. Like Tom was saying, like the kid is so like he just does so many things that are bad. Yeah. Like Home Alone came out and I was too young to be like, oh, I want to be an asshole. But then like that came (laughs) out. My parents were getting divorced, and I was like, oh, maybe it's time for me to be a fucking little shithead. And suppose it all takes place in the same universe as Career Opportunities, Curly Sue, Home Alone, all, like, John Hughes does, like, a lot of his movies all take place in the same universe. Well, when they reference the same school, yeah. I just never really thought about this being part of that universe at all, but, I mean, there's no reason it can't be. I didn't know that, like, until, like, I didn't ever really think about it, but I didn't really think that John Hughes wrote this until today. Yeah, I was it, not that I didn't know. I just didn't not know. Does that make sense? Well, because he's not credited with the directing it, then you know it's different. It's not, yeah. And supposedly, it's people people like talk trash about it. They say it's just a remake of three other films: Uncle Buck, National Lampoon's Vacation, and Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. And like, hmm. Not really. I mean, no. Because it's written by the same person, I guess mean, you see certain similarities, but it's not It's not the same. But, yeah. yeah That's yeah. Dutch. Yeah. Hilarious. Have you watched it since I gave it to you? Because um, it only came out on Blu-ray, like... I want to say it's been, it's been years since I've seen that movie. I don't think I have. It, it hasn't, like... I think it was earlier this year when I got it. Really? Yeah, because it... Yeah. Huh. So, the next one is... I wrote down is uh, Curly Sue. Um, I, I saw this in the theater as a kid, so I remember that that's... Um, this was 1991, so I would have been about uh, nine years old, ten years old. And I remember seeing it in the theater, and I remember liking it, but I don't remember a lot about it. That's But mm. it's got... Jim Belushi in it, which he went, I mean, he did. Jim did a handful of movies. Still yeah, I mean, he did like then. Canine Cop, and he did. Yeah, I remember that one. I don't really remember Curly Sue at all, actually. Like, the title doesn't mean anything to me. Um, This is, he actually, this is, I was wrong earlier. I gotta, like, this is actually the last film done he was directed. This one is. Curly he Sue? Actually, he did actually direct this film, so. Huh. Right. That's the other reason I threw this on here, so, my bad. Um, because he took a break, a break between Uncle Buck and this movie. Yeah, I didn't know that. But, but it's still another one that, like, the name doesn't mean anything to me, so... Um, who's even in it? Curly Sue? Um, yeah, I mean, like, John, Jim Belushi, like, Kelly Lynch, um, the girl that plays Allison Porter, she plays oh. Curly Sue. Okay. Um, it's like him and his... Young, and they don't ever really call her his daughter, but I think she might be. But like, they con people, huh? Like, grifters basically, like him and like Jim Belushi and her, like, are grifters. That's the whole point of the movie. And they yeah, con people and getting. I'm gonna say I never saw it. Maybe I did at one, but I don't have any memories of it, so 
So, I mean, I mean, it was good. It was what it was, but it was just, you know, mm-hmm. it, it was. Eh. If you say so, sir, I don't know. Like, I don't, like I said, I don't have any memories of it, so. So, the next big one that. Uh, Someone with the cute girl, like the cute little girl with the curly hair is the poster. Yeah, the poster, I have a memory of the poster, but I, that's it. I don't think I ever watched it. I was going to say the same thing. I know what the poster looks like. Yeah, that's basically yeah. it. Um, the next big one that he wrote was, just because um, Charles Grodin's in it, this one was bringing up, like, rest in peace, um, Beethoven. Right. I loved it when I was young. Actually, Grodin didn't die. I thought he died. Oh, You're he... thinking of... Uh, what's his name? Uh, you're mixing him up with, uh, why can't I think of his name? Anyway, Stanley Tucci's in this, Oliver Platt's in this, David Duchovny's in this. It's a pretty star-studded cast, actually. It's about, I adopt a St. Bernard, which is a super expensive dog. I don't know, they act like it's such a big deal. And he's, like, super crazy and, like, destroys a bunch of things and whatever. Sure, not thinking of John Ritter. No, I wouldn't have ever confused Charles Grodin with John Ritter. I don't know. That's who I was thinking of. I thought he'd passed away, but he hasn't. But well, I like this movie. It's good, actually. I mean, so that was ninety-two. Yep. So I mean, I was eight years old. So no wonder I liked it. <laughs> but. It's a giant dog movie, dude. It's hilarious. Dog saves the day a bunch of times. What's not to like? He's slobbery. And he's huge. Made me never want one of those dogs. Sure, it's understandable. St. Bernard is like, nah, nah. (laughs) Not for me. So the next movie after that is the other gem in this whole conversation, which is Home Alone 2. So now we can get into your your things. Tyler. Well, I'm just probably just repeating myself because I'm sure we talked about <laughs> it. But Go as on. I see this movie again and again and again and again, like Marv just somehow survives four hits to the fucking forehead by bricks. Okay, so I'll say this. When it comes to that, in Home Alone 1, when the can swings off the rope and hits him in the face... If the can is empty or close to empty, it's going to cause way less damage. Correct. But it's full, right? It's the way, full. The way they, it looks. They it don't looks, say. It it's does, full. But here's the deal. It doesn't matter. Okay. No. Let's see. Yeah. There's the potential of that can being empty is way higher than the fact that that brick is just a fucking brick being thrown from three stories up right at somebody's <laughs> fucking noggin. Yeah. And for somebody who's been hit in the head with a rock... Like a rock that's like the size of a bouncy ball or I don't know. What's that? What size is that? Like 50 cent piece. Yeah. 50 cent piece. And it smashed my head open and I had to get 19 stitches. That's just a rock thrown by a girl when I was riding my bicycle. Let me tell you this. That brick would have destroyed that man. Oh, yeah. Destroyed (laughs) him as a human being. First try. First try. (laughs) Suck brick, kid. Like and I, I like how like he can hit him every single time, but then they throw a brick at him, and he, McCoy goes like, "Yeah, Matrix like just." But bust. I still love it, and it's funny. So it's, I don't no, care. it's hilarious. I fucking lo- like, again. This it, it's a great sequel. 
But then when he picks up that fucking giant bar that's on a rope <laughs> and throws it, it's like, he could never pick that up. Come on. <laughs> okay. Get the fuck out of here. And to be fair, that that bar, that plumbing pipe that he has tied to that thing, right? that thing is hollow, but it's fucking cast iron fucking plumbing oh, yeah. pipe. That, again, would have murdered those dudes. Just murdered them. For sure. It would have just demolished. Kevin wouldn't have been able to pick it up in the first place. Yeah. And if he did somehow will the strength to do it, it would have ripped right off of the fucking handrail. The wooden handrail oh, that yeah. it's attached to. <laughs> like, there's no, yeah. like, that I'm thing sorry, pro- but. That thing probably weighs 100 pounds. The handrail itself is not built for that kind of weight. Yeah, you get a point. I never thought about that before. And then they fall down the hole to the basement. Yeah. <laughs> with that on, on their chest. Yeah. Dude, Dude seriously. Worse. Yeah, I would have destroyed that staircase. But I still love Dang. it. <laughs> I, never, I never, ever thought about a staircase like that. That's, yeah. Oh, it's just cheap wood, so it's like... No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. would have blown it apart, man. <laughs> Crazy. My point is, all the plot holes, I don't care. Not plot holes, but all the oh, yeah. unrealistic physics. Still, yeah. still fantastic. So yeah. after one scene, Nicole Culkin asked Joe Pesci, and it was caught on... Somebody like, caught it and like heard it, why he never smiled, and Joe Pesci said, told him to just shut up. <laughs> and at the time, Pesci's like, they're like, why did you say that? He's like, this kid's pampered by a lot of people, but not me, and I think that's why he likes me. That's funny. That is funny. <laughs> yeah. All the kids that appeared in the uh, toy store scene were allowed to take their favorite toy home with them as part of the salary. What? That's sick. That's awesome, yeah. Duncan's Toy Chest. Heck yeah, man. That would be a cool Christmas shirt to have if that exists, is a Duncan's Toy Chest shirt. That is cool, yeah. That's a good idea. Huh. Hmm. There's a Wet Bandit shirt. It's just like yeah. Wet Bandit's plumbing or whatever. Yeah, that's a like, good one, too. And I saw like, a really cool but one. It's, but it's yeah. like, it's Marv from this one where he gets electrocuted and his hair's all big. Yeah, that one is from so the good. second one. So good. Okay. There's a there's a, there's a uh, shovel, the, the shovel or slayer of whatever street one that... It's from the first movie, right? It's the old man with the shovel. And, like, Macaulay's down on the ground and on his back. It's like a horror story, like, Friday the 13th kind of shirt. That's awesome. It's amazing. I I was trying to buy one, and they didn't have the size anymore. I was super disappointed. Because it's fantastic. It's super good. Um, Movies actually shot at the plaza in Central Park Suite. The phone number that was given for the plaza in the movie was an actual working phone number. Really? That's crazy. I always wanted a talk boy and never got one. Right, me too. I don't even know how cool it would have been, but I always wanted one. They probably wouldn't have been that fucking cool at all. But still, like... Yeah, the fact they were in the movie. Back then, like, oh, that's what I want. This is the only Home Alone movie to actually feature real snow, supposedly, which I think is weird. Huh. Okay. But they say the only Home Alone feel because there are technically five of them, but... Right, well, yeah. There's only two that matter. And then John Candy was supposed to do a cameo in this movie, and it never happened. Oh. That's too bad. So, anyway. So, the next one, which... Another movie is on the theater... Get anything else on Home Alone 2? I mean, other than Twin Towers are in it, if you ever want to enjoy that view, that's the only movie. Donald Trump's in it, too. Donald Trump is is in it. Yes. 
So the thing with Donald Trump is every time they film a movie in a hotel that he owns, he gets it's, to be it's in, in his contract. Yeah, I remember we talked about that. Time, yeah. Huh. yeah, I'll be damned. Well, there you go. Fucking asshole. <laughs> Did you guys, I don't want to get political, but I saw something today about Donald Trump stating to some kind of media that he had a really busy day today. And then some other company posted that he had legitimately either tweeted or retweeted, retweeted a hundred times today, but he had a really busy day. All tweeting. Okay. I don't know if that's tweeting's not busy. That's just that's that's free time. Were they different tweets? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he legitimately probably spent America elected the fucking guy. So two hours on Twitter. You're stuck with the motherfucker. Whatever. Yeah, I know. I wasn't saying otherwise. So another another brilliant movie, which is underrated to me, Dennis the Menace. Walter Matthau, Walter yes. Matthau, man. Uh, I remember this one. He wrote this one, too? Yep. I'll be damned. Christopher okay. Lloyd's in it. Leah Thompson again. Yeah, she, I do like Leah Thompson. Well, Walter was, Matthau is one of my a, favorite people, even when I was a kid. He's so funny. He's like, so great. Somehow, as like a six-year-old, I loved grumpy old men <laughs> and grumpier old men. Like I loved them both, even <laughs> though so they were good, like though. not a kid's movie at all. But they're so good. Yeah. The Odd Couple, man. These two of the original. Yeah, awesome. for sure. Yeah, it's their it was a TV show. I um, remember that movie, but I, I feel like I haven't seen it in twenty years or more. When Walter, when Mr. Wilson refers to when he was five years old in 1925, Walter Matthau was literally five years old in 1920, or oh, in, in 1925 because he was born in 1920. That's crazy. Um, over two twenty thousand children auditioned for the part of dentist. Damn, that's a lot of kids, dude. Leslie Nielsen was offered the role of Mr. Wilson, but he had to turn it down because he was committed to surf ninjas. <laughs> Ooh, that was a bad choice. Probably a mistake. Man. Your well, career could have gone a different way. The title, Surf Ninjas, is pretty epic, but that doesn't mean anything else. How weird would that... That would have been a way different movie if it would have been Leslie Nelson. And here's a, here's a tidbit yeah. of trivia for you guys. Okay. You guys ready for this? Sure. Leah Thompson and Christopher Lloyd also appeared in what other movie together? Oh. Very easy. Okay, hold really? on. Really? Super. Oh, Back to the Future. Yeah, there you go. Uh, oh, duh. Yeah. And they appear in First zero one. scenes together. That makes sense. In Back to the Future. They have zero scenes together in Dennis Menace? I guess I don't know that. I've not seen Dennis Menace in a fair amount of time. No, in both. I think damn. that's another one that has never been released on even DVD. So Ooh. On what? Dennis the Menace. Has it? I don't think so. I don't know that. It was it was kind of like it was popular to kids, and that was it. Like it didn't yeah, really go. Well. No. Like two years later, no one talked about it. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so I'm curious as to whether that's even out there anywhere. I bet you my sister has a VHS of it, though. Hey, she did. Anyway. There's not a ton to this movie, but I just think it's fantastic. The kid's fucking adorable. It dens the menace. Like, I watched the cartoon as a kid, and, like, I don't know. 
Walter Matthau's fucking great. Like, well, he even looks kind of like how the cartoon and the comic. Yeah, I mean, he, the kid really does. The kid, kid does a great fucking job. I mean, I don't. Like, well, kid and Walter both. I mean, yeah, just yeah. They both look like the character pretty spot on. Oh yeah, for sure. So, poor um, Mr. Wilson. Merrick on Thirty Fourth Street. He wrote. Um, John Hughes wrote. This is the remake? I didn't know that. Yeah, so I threw that in there because of Holiday, because we talked about, like, he literally, like, has written so many holiday movies. I know there's probably somebody that, like, works for Hallmark or somebody that's run a bazillion holiday movies, but we're talking real holiday movies. Yeah, that doesn't count. Like, (laughs) Lifetime, get the fuck out of here. Exactly. So, I'm going to throw that in there, because that actually, like, the Milk on 34th Street was, the remake version was actually really, really, really popular. Wasn't Attenborough Santa? Yep. I wouldn't know that. Yeah. Both of between that, there's there's Beethoven's second and Baby's Day Out. Um, Baby's Day Out, I remember that. I watched it once. <laughs> yeah, but Attenborough was like was Santa and Elizabeth Perkins was in it. Dylan McDermott, J.T. Walsh. Huh. Um, yeah, it was actually a pretty. It, it it was well done. It was a good remake. I like the movie with the exception of Matilda. I like her. I like that kid. I don't like her. No? No. <laughs> Fuck Matilda, too. <laughs> Man. I like Matilda. I do. I think it's funny. Yeah. Um, that was one of the ones my sister loved growing up where I was like, nah, I'm good. So, before the whole Disney remake of animation, blah, 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 bullshit started, right? he did the screenplay for 101 Dalmatians with Glenn Close as um oh yeah Cruella DeVille. This one I liked. Jeff Daniels. So, wow. And actually it was actually really fucking good. Yeah. So, if they try and remake this one, you're idiots because this was really fucking good. I think they are. I'm pretty mm, sure. I haven't seen that yet. I say that they are. <sighs> I mean, I you kind of th- feel like you got to cut your ties somewhere like a lot of the classic remakes were not very good. Um, he did Flubber. He did the screenplay for Flubber <laughs> with fucking um, with Robin Williams. That's that's crazy. That's good. Yeah. Um, the home, all the other other Home Alone sequels, and the Beethoven's Third, Just Visiting, Beethoven's Fourth, Home Alone Four made it. But then a lot of those are just based on characters, though. So yeah. he's getting a writing credit for creating the characters, right. but not actually writing the screenplay. Made, made in Manhattan, he did. He gets credit for which I don't know. It just says stories, but he wrote it as his uh, moniker, Edmond Dantes. Like he has like a on another person that he writes under, just kind of like uh, like Stephen King has another person he writes like, under. Uh, like a like a secondary name. Or yeah, a, yeah, yeah, but uh. I'm not sure. But I, there's as a, there's Edward, a word for that, but I don't know what it is. As Edward Dantes, he wrote Drillbit Taylor, and I think this movie's fucking hilarious. For it sure. It's, it's good, yeah. So fucking funny, I think. Um, it's the last one I have written down. Well, no, I have. Oh, there's one other, there's two other things that he did, because he did, um, we get to writing credit for Vacation, because of the characters. The vacation movie. That one was good. Which is actually, I thought was really, f- without Helm, and, but it's really fucking good. But there's one thing that I don't know about, and hopefully you can find it, because I looked, I, I did a quick search, but it's called Hotel Hell Vacation. It's a short, and it's got Beverly D'Angelo and Chevy Chase, and it's like a 15 or 16 minute short. 
like based on like, them going to see Rusty and like them like checking into a hotel. And is this it's a like, more recent thing? Yeah, it's 2010. Okay, I feel like I've I feel like I've seen that, and I, I have not seen, seen it. So I think it's part of a commercial, isn't it? Mm, I guess not. I don't know yeah, that. It's 15 minutes long, so I don't I don't know. Huh. But anyway, it sounded interesting. I hadn't seen it. Like in it, it's he wrote it, and uh, well, he he, he I think he had a writing credit because he died but in 2009, so that he wouldn't have written it. But I think they did maybe a tribute to him or something. That might be it on YouTube, maybe. Yeah. But uh, anyway, seem, seem, sounded funny. But uh, that's it, man. Like he, this that's John Hughes. Like he, the the dude is an amazing writer. Like it seemed like he just when he was in the and when he was in the groove, he genuinely just was in the groove and did his shit. Like um, you know he he, he got married, had a couple of kids. He kind of semi retired, and um, he was visiting his his kids, and he passed away um of a heart attack. And a lot of people just really came out of the woodwork to just like talk about how much like he meant to them like molly ringwald um anthony michael hall but uh one of the things i want to go back to real quick is that like a lot a lot of people say that were friends with him and friends with a lot of actors that worked with him that a lot of the reason he quit directing was that when john candy like unexpectedly died that really threw him for a loop and that like that was the one thing that like devastated him that's kind of why he got out of film to begin with and that like that just because they were so close and um that was the big thing that I saw multiple times. It's a loss. And so, loss, so that was one of the big things. Like him and John Kenny did so much together and they worked together so much. And like, they were just, they were, there was supposed to be so much more that I think they could have done together. It was like mm-hmm. what was talked about. Vince Vaughn does like, there was an interview with Vince Vaughn. So that talks about that. And I was like, wow, that's weird. But Vince Vaughn and him are friends. Yeah. Um, but I think that that kind of goes to like the, the Chris Farley thing too. Like, I think like so many things would have happened. You know, because, like, John Candy was technically supposed to be in the third Ghostbusters he film. Was. It never got made. Yep. And then, like, they were supposed to do a, a third Ghostbusters movie, and Chris Farley was supposed, supposed to be in to it, and he part. died. And so, I just, there's a lot of similarities. And then, that, like, when we talked in the beginning of the episode, the Adam Sandler is like, you know, like, you know, you need to slow down. You're going to end up with, like, Belushi or Candy. He's like, those guys are my heroes. So that's all fine and dandy. And it's just like, the guy died, like, you know, Farley died just like Candy and... He did. and and John Belushi, and it just—it's sad, but those all—all all three of those guys were just incredible comedic performers, and um, I think John Hughes knew that. And John Hughes himself—he did so much for, like the like the teenager scene, like the like that teen like comedy drama thing, like, like coming of age movies, man. Just like just so much, like he did, like yeah. But when you think back in all those movies, like he he did amazing things, so. I I was stoked to do them today. Like when I was going through all the shit, I was like, "Holy crap, man!" Like I, there's a lot of those writing credits I didn't realize he had written. Like I didn't realize half those that he wrote. That's amazing. And even when he when he was just the writer, it was like he was still part of the like the filming too. Like he was like well, he, sure, he just didn't direct because he was but... because whenever whenever he would start, he'd write it and he they they think he was going to direct it. He was already writing the next film, so it's just like he was just so busy. As a writer, that like he was just like yeah, and like working on shit, like. But think about, it. I mean, like holiday wise, I mean, most of these mo- like most of the greatest Christmas movies of all time. I'd say we'll say top seven. He's got four of the top seven greatest Christmas That's movies true. of all time. Yeah. Well, the only two Thanksgiving, well, not the only two. I mean, the, yeah, I mean, the but main re- two. But really, movies. like as far as Thanksgiving films go, like 
there's not a lot, and no. he did two of them. Yeah. This is also crazy. And so, I mean, pretty rad motherfucker. Yeah. Um, to all those that are angry that we didn't touch on, like, all your, like, your hipster indie bullshit, that <laughs> some kind of wonderful and blah, 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 and pretty in pink, whatever. I don't give a shit, but if you have a problem with it, shoot us a message, and uh, we'll talk about it on the air. But other than that, you dicks. Kick Send rolls. us a bomb. Whatever. We don't care. There's a manthrax. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. P.O. Anthrax. P.O. Box 6969. <laughs> Fuck off. I'll think it's coke. I'll do a rail. I'll die. Whatever. <laughs> My God. That's weird. <laughs> Gee. Well, anthrax is bad. Don't send anthrax. <laughs> if you have anthrax, it's kind of cool. Like the band? No? Yeah. Okay. Well, if you send pieces of anthrax to the band in an envelope, <laughs> that's kind of cool, I guess. Sure. Yeah. It's also weird. Thumb here, toe there, whatever. So we're a few, we're a few weeks off because next week is... Oh, Star Wars. Star Wars. Star Wars. So we'll be at that. Unless we somehow figure out how to do one. After that somehow? About uh, Star Wars, maybe? We could do, like, maybe the Saturday after we could do one, but maybe. We'll figure it out. I mean, I'm not too worried about it. Yeah. That's why we're doing, we've been pretty regular lately. Um... But if not, then we'll see. We'll you'll hear from us on the flip side of the new year, probably. F and A cotton. Because like the next the next week, like New Year's Eve is that, that Tuesday. New Year's Eve, yeah. Well, no, Christmas is Christmas yeah. on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So is a so so New we, Year's. I guess we could possibly do one that week, but maybe. I mean, I'll be home and I'm off. I'm taking like ten days off, so. Cool. I'm gonna try and finish the studio. I got a couple other things I want to do in here, so. Um, nice. Get that done. But other than that, man, like good episode, John Hughes. Check him out if you don't know who John Hughes is, and you're listening to this podcast, and you fucking shouldn't be listening yeah. to this podcast. Chances are you watch one one or two of his movies pretty easily, for sure. Yeah. I don't know the human being that's like maybe some people in like Zimbabwe they haven't watched Home Alone. <laughs> like seriously, like <laughs> I guess it's possible. Yeah, it, it wouldn't be a movie that would necessarily play to their most biggest strengths. I guess. Fucking seriously. Anyway. <laughs> He's a good motherfucker, good writer. Wrote some amazing shit. Heck yeah. So. Mucho props. So Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Merry Fistmas. Fistmas Merry vacation. Fistmas vacation. That's my, Something totally that's my Christmas porn. Yeah. I wrote it. Yeah. Well, yeah. So what do you have to, uh, what's the Kwanzaa? What do you say with Kwanzaa? Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Kwanzaa. Just happy? Yeah. Pretty sure. Yeah. What about joyous Kwanzaa? Maybe it's blessed. Is it joyous? Let's say blessed. Blessed Kwanzaa. Blessed Kwanzaa. I don't necessarily know if there's a Hallmark card for that. I'm sure there is. I think joyous Kwanzaa sounds cool. Okay. Or blessed. Whatever. Let's vote. Vote for what? Just... Which one's better? I'm going to put up a poll on our our social media. Go ahead and do it. Joyous or... What did you say? Blessed? Blessed. Blessed or joyous. Okay. And then we'll go from there. Either way. So. (laughs) Long episode. Sorry, they had a lot of shit, ton of shit to get through, but, um, yeah, we did it. We smashed it. It was kind of, that was a lot lot of research to do today. You You signed up for it. I know. I was like, sure, I'll do the news. So anyway, um, Merry Christmas, gents. Merry Christmas. Love you guys. Filthy animals. That's what I like right there. That's awesome. And I love you guys. Love you too, man. You can't say you love us? You got one. You get one a year. 
You have to wait for another two or three weeks. It's fucked up, bro. I know. Right, Just fine. say it. <laughs> no. Say it. No. Say it. No. Fine. Watch out for the cops. Hooty hoo. Yeah. <laughs>